Welcome to where the weird ones are. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. Powerful figures in Hollywood as well as powerful politicians, or in fact, not human, are they reptiles or they're lizards or perhaps extraterrestrials? Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Let's get weird. What's up, you fucking weirdos? Welcome to another episode of Where the Weird Ones Are. My name is Kevin, but you probably already knew that, and if you didn't, now you do. Uh, today's episode is with Shane Jones. He's the host of Inquiries of Our Reality, as well as Bizarre Encounters. Um, you can access both of those uh, shows through his umbrella, uh, the company he started called Open Minds Media. Uh, he comes on and t shares a bunch of his stories, you know, shadow people, possible Wendigo, a big cat in the woods. Um <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, also his theories, portals, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we talked for about an hour before we started recording, and then we talked about an hour after we, we stopped recording. So um, come to find out, we have a lot of things in common, um, a lot of uh, life experiences that uh, we share uh, that are fairly similar. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the conversation. Dude is... Uh, an encyclopedia you talk to him about anything and he like knows what you're talking about um, he does his research so um, bizarre encounters he does like a lot of like research based stuff and that is with um, my good friends Oren and Jenny uh, they're his co-hosts on that so and I was actually on that show as well so uh, and in the new, f in the near future, we should be able to reconnect for his other show. Um, hopefully, relatively soon. But you know, he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of things going. We all got things going on. So, anyways, uh, also he is uh, putting together a book. So if you guys are interested in shooting your stories to him. Uh, so he can uh, comprise them into his book. Uh, I'm sure he will greatly appreciate it. Uh, other news. Um, I did just go to the uh, Fort Knox Paranormal Fair. Fort Knox and Prospect, Maine. I met a lot of good people. Uh, I met a couple authors. Uh, one in particular, Michelle Shores. Uh, her book is has won awards. and um, it, I've heard her on maybe two other podcasts so i've been interested in talking to her and actually obtaining her book so i could read it and supposedly amazon is suggesting uh people who are suggesting her book to people who um get books 
within the same genre so it's a it's like america's first ghost story and she's like very uh historically based her story around these historical figures uh here in maine uh so hopefully in the near future uh we i already talked to her she's gonna be on uh emma g rose uh, also another author uh c.s packard also another author uh, so if you guys aren't familiar with their work, please go check them out. Uh, they're from Maine. So um, and then obviously my good friend um, and acquaintance, Nomar Slevic, uh, he actually was there speaking at the Paranormal Fair. I'm trying to reach for something here to show you for the people that watch this. So this is uh, the lighting's a little bit too bright this is paranormal amore this is his uh documentary it's about 40 minutes long i watched a little bit of it and my daughter got a little antsy she didn't really want to be sitting there anymore um but yeah i uh, was able to meet him in person that was phenomenal so um if you're interested you can check out his uh otherworldly amore which is on paraflix uh also i believe he was episode 28 um I, I might be incorrect but i know he is 20 something um so if you're interested in checking that out also check out his podcast it's i want to believe uh you can follow him at 207 believe that's his podcast instagram handle so um what else um also going to squonkapalooza this coming weekend uh august 26th uh, it is 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Shane uh, is going to be vending. So if you're in the area and you're interested in a cryptid-based convention, definitely come down to uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Central Park, and check it out. Uh, possibly meet me, possibly meet Shane. Maybe even buy something from Shane because I know he's working his ass off to uh, have his stuff ready for for vending. So uh, I think that's about it. Other than uh, hitting up Heal with Christina on Etsy and Deeper Down Store, also check out my Etsy uh, Etsy.com/shop/where-the-weird-ones-are. You can get a bunch of merch, some designs that I. I brainchild and uh, Emily Leto the fine art medium was able to uh, bring to life and we are currently working on that comic book so uh, she is starting the first couple of pages that I had already sent to her and hopefully I can uh, get that finished here completely finished relatively soon so I can get it to her and the rest of it will be in her hands um, the, I was gonna try I'm trying to get it out by Halloween but it is approaching September right now so uh, maybe end of the year before spring I'm just gonna say before spring uh, we're gonna try and get it out indefinitely um, if it doesn't come out by Halloween you know it's not the end of the world but I've been I've been saying uh, by Halloween for a while now for a couple weeks for months actually but um, but it will come out and I hope you guys uh, will love it um, that way I can continue to make more and it's a passion of mine so uh, storytelling anyway um, so yeah other than that check out the Etsy's um, obviously um, 
the ads for uh, Christina and David uh, will be in the show. So you'll get the coupon codes with those ads. So check that out. Um, other than that, uh, leave a review um, on Apple if you uh, feel so inclined to. If you don't, I don't really care either. Um, I just hope you enjoy the show. So with that being said, I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good night, whatever time you decide to listen to this. And with that, stay weird. They're coming to get you, Barbara. www.deeperdown.store That's where you want to go if you want a hoodie like this. I don't know if you can see it that well. I don't know if you can see it that well. Hold on, I'll show you. If you're just listening to the audio, it's down the rabbit hole. So um, if you're watching the video, I'm going to show you what it looks like. So this is my hoodie. I got it from David who is uh, underscore underscore down the dot rabbit hole underscore underscore. He has a merch store, so go please fucking check that out. He's got a whole bunch of cool shit, uh, cool designs. Um, so if you need a hoodie, you need any kind of threats, please go check it out. He's a good friend of the show, um, and he's co-hosting over at One Nothing Podcast for a couple episodes, so go check those episodes out. Um, and please show him some love and some su support. He's got a lot of cool shit in his store, so go check that shit out. Also, <clears throat> if you do decide that you want something from his shop, you can use my code, uh, Kevin's Weird 18. You get 18% off of your purchase, so however much shit that you want to get, the, uh, the, if you... The, the better it is for you to get more than just one thing to, with with the coupon. So please uh, go show him some love, show him some support. He's doing amazing shit. If you're not following him on Instagram, you probably should. So do that. All right, everybody. That's www.deeperdown.store. <laughs> so today um, I got the one. The only Shane Squatch on the show. Uh, what's up, Shane? How's it going, bud? Oh, you know, I'm doing good. Uh, hanging in there, being a being a Shane Squatch, and I appreciate you throwing that title in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know people listen to Bizarre Encounters is because they use that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm wearing the Bizarre Encounter shirt, so perfectly fitting. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, for my listeners, um, who if because I mean I've had Jenny and Oren on uh, actually recently. Um, and we talked about bizarre encounters and stuff. And, um, 
So uh, I'll just give you a quick chance to, you know, uh, plug all your plug your shows and your social medias, everything that you're trying to get out there and all that for uh, for my listeners who haven't heard about you. So kind of extensive. I do a lot of shit and I try to put it all in one place. So I guess I'll start with I started Open Minds Media which is like my production stuff for all the different podcasts that I do. So at the minimum, everybody at least go look up Open Minds Media because that's what I keep the like TikTok under, uh, the YouTube, uh, Patreon, all that shit. I keep it all under Open Minds Media. And then under Open Minds Media is the two shows that I do. And that's part of why I do Open Minds Media is so that, you know, people go to Patreon. They're not just getting one show. They're getting two shows. So it's a little bit more bang for your buck, a little bit easier for me too because I don't have to try to run two completely separate things for two totally different shows but the shows themselves uh originally the very first thing that i started up which got me into the podcasting game in the first place uh was inquiries of all reality and that is uh the best way i can describe it and kind of how it's kind of fallen into place is i'd say like an open-minded uh talk show but open-minded as in digging into very fringe things like obviously i'm really into cryptids and folklore ufos um paranormal, all that kind of stuff. So that's a pretty big aspect of the show. But then past that, which is a little bit different than Bizarre Encounters, uh, I get into conspiracies on that show. Uh, I get into hidden history. Uh, We get a lot into really weird off-the-wall theories, but I guess we kind of do that over on Bizarre Encounters and stuff too. But Mm -hmm. usually that show is just me and then a guest, and it's just a free-flow conversation to see wherever it happens to go. And I usually have like authors, researchers, contactees, experiencers, um, just fascinating people all around and just try to have like a good, interesting conversation with them kind of leading in, starting off on like who they are, what they do, and then kind of letting it expand into wherever it kind of happens to go past that. But then I was doing that show and I was like, damn, I do a lot of research. So I kind of want somewhere to put it. And I don't think it would fit like the, the whole demeanor of what increase of our reality is because it's kind of just, like I said, took over as more of like an open-minded uh, talk show. So then I ended up starting up bizarre encounters And that is exactly what the name says. It's all about bizarre encounters, be it cryptids, paranormal, UFOs, any of that kind of weird shit. And uh, I originally started that with uh, Ghost from My Third Eye. And we were running it for probably a good like 15, 20 episodes or so. And then uh, he ended up leaving the show. No hard feelings or anything like that. But he ended up leaving because he was working on another project with uh, Ryan from Dangerous World. So he just said he wanted to focus more on his show and that side project he was doing with Ryan. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was kind of sitting by myself, Bizarre Encounters. I didn't want to stop doing it because it's a real, it's a really fun show to do because it's where I get to kind of put my research besides just like if it comes up in conversation and I end up talking about it on inquiries. So, you know, I had to do something with it. So I ended up doing a post uh, talking about how I was looking for a new co-host and I got bombarded with shit. And I was like, oh God, like I didn't know how to exactly handle it. I was like, should I do episodes of these people to kind of see how they are, how they're feeling or whatever? Yeah, But then I was reminded in my own head that a couple weeks prior, I had done a show with Oren where he came on my show. And at the end of it, I was like, bro, I like the way your brain works. I like the way we flow together. Uh, would you be interested in doing some deep dives in man inquiries? Because I wanted to deep dive into conspiracies and other stuff like that, too, when I was still trying to get a feel for everything, you know, because mm-hmm. our encounters was kind of its own own place at the time. So then uh, I was like, what am I doing trying to find a new co-host? Like I already have who I want in mind for this position anyways. So I hit up Oren and I'm like, hey, dude, you want to be my co-host? And he's just like, like, yeah, like, what, what does that entail? Because he wasn't, you know, he hadn't, he, he was just a guest on podcasts. He wasn't necessarily like a podcaster, so to speak yet. And then we ended up rolling him into the show. 
Um, he was a little bit awkward at first, as anybody is when they first start doing interview shows. But literally, like, three, four episodes in, Orange started rocking that shit. And yeah. he just, like, fell into place and just became a fucking champ on that show. And then right after that, or, uh, Jenny ended up coming in, who, for anybody that's not familiar, that's his partner or significant other. And uh, she focuses and really likes the paranormal stuff. So then Oren specifically really likes the alien stuff. And then I really like uh, folklore and cryptids. And of course, we all differentiate into all those other things too, but everybody has like their favorite favorite. So then we're sitting here like, all right, we're doing bizarre encounters. And we have one person for covering each phenomenon, essentially. So then we just started rolling with it, man. And it's been taken off more so now than I feel like it ever did. Uh, The conversations are great. We just all got even more comfortable with each other where when we do the deep dives, we get, we make some jokes, we do some dumb stuff. We come up with funny theories and stuff like that in the process. We come up with serious theories in it. And Orn and I and Jenny, we all do some really, really deep research. So we bring some really good info while also having fun in the process of doing it. And uh, yeah, those two, you know, they started off where they were like kind of shaky because, you know, they were nervous, like whatever, but they fully fell into the position and if they are listening right now and they don't consider themselves podcasters yet, you guys are definitely podcasters now. And you guys are the two best co-hosts I could possibly ask for. But that's yeah. that's pretty much all my my stuff that I do is the two shows and Open Minds Media and the umbrella with Open Minds Media. So just look up any of the three. They all work. <laughs> and you're on all, pretty much all podcasts and platforms, right? Yep. I should be on pretty much every single podcast platform. Uh, and the only form of social media that I'm not on that's one of the popular ones is Twitter because I have a whole weird thing with Elon Musk owning that, and it just weirds me out. So I pretty much stick to Instagram. That's the main one. Uh, I do have Facebook, TikTok, um, yeah. Discord, Telegram, all that fun shit. Pretty much anything besides Twitter just because Elon Musk kind of weirds me out. <laughs> well, Twitter to begin with has always weirded me out anyway, especially when the shit about uh, John Doe came out when he was – 13 uh you know the i don't know if you heard about that uh refresh my mind because so, i, I right. dig into a bunch of shit and sometimes something gets lost until it gets jumbled around a little bit and up there <laughs> so he was um he was basically like um uh groomed into uh doing like the, the sexual video at 13 and it got shared over twitter and it was downloaded like 200 thousand times and shared 26,000 times or some shit like that and he had asked Twitter to remove it when he was 16 he's like look this video is of me when I was 13 and Twitter's like there's nothing we can do about it basically you know what I mean that's the other side of that shit dude is that I I had just a prime example uh text uh beyond top secret text and he digs really really deep into just all the weird underworking dark side of the internet yeah. And he talks about all the time, dude, there are so many goddamn pedophile servers on Twitter. Oh my God. That, that's another reason that I'm just like, I'm good on that is because at least from what I'm seeing from the outside, obviously all these tech companies, they got some weird shit going on, but it seems like the one that all of the like elites, the famous, like all those people are the most fascinated with is Twitter. And it also just weirds me out the fact that there's this pedophilia underlying aspect of Twitter. So it's just like, I'm good on the elites social media. Well, I don't want to say elite elites, but you know, like the lower end of the elites, because if they're the high end, you don't know who the fuck they are, but the low end of the elites, weird pedophile underground popular server. Like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Run by who I assume is probably the future antichrist, Elon Musk. Yes. And now it's X, which looks a lot like the Freemason sign. 
I don't oh, know shocker. if you like that. SpaceX. Yeah, you know, everything has the X. <laughs> yeah, it. I I saw that new uh, logo and I was like, uh, that's interesting. It makes yeah, me like not trust them even more. Everybody's like, yes, Elon Musk got rid of all the pedophiles. I was like, did he though? Did he? But still, sure? it's an op, though, man, because, yes, woohoo, he got rid of the pedophiles, which he didn't really. They're just moved somewhere else, so they're pro- just hiding most their servers better. Right. But on, on top of that, past that, it's like the dude's trying to put fucking chips in people's heads, the Neuralink, yep. and then he's also connecting these Starlink servers. So it's like, all right, so he's doing okay on these two pieces of technology, and I'm just curious how many people have actually connected the two. Like, clearly, they're intended to work with each other. So mm-hmm. it's like he just dropped through up the Starlink and said, oh, it's for military to get Internet. It's for whoever to get Internet. And then he has these things he's trying to put in people's necks to connect them and make them part of the facing <laughs> network, whatever you want to fucking call it. So yeah. it's just like, you know, he's one of those people that I think that they purposely tried to make relatable so that the average person will be like, yeah, Elon Musk. Because the thing is, if Bill fucking if uh, Bill Gates was like, hey, I'm working on a Neuralink, everybody be like, fuck you. Fuck you. But if it's Elon Musk, <laughs> he gets away with it. Same reason why I think he like smoked weed on Joe Rogan's show. He's trying yeah. to play this relatable character because he's doing malicious shit and he's trying to hide it between like, oh, I'm just I'm a relatable guy, you know? Like I'm I'm just chill. It's all good. Like it's fine. I'm just Elon Musk. Like I'm just doing me. I'm trying to push out all the bad people while also trying to secretly create technology that is going to manipulate people. <laughs> I'm not the Terminator that was sent back into the past to kill John Connor. You got to do it in the awkward voice because he definitely talks like a robot. Yes, I, he does. He kind of looks like from the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, uh, num, num, in, if it, I'm, I'm only from right now future. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good impression. That's a good impression. Um, so if any anybody listening, if you're um interested you should definitely check out uh shane's shows i enjoy them um i especially enjoy bizarre encounters just because of orin and jenny because you all know that i love orin and jenny um they're also <laughs> you actually hilarious. gave us the microphone that they're currently using until he ends up getting the road that he was talking about getting <laughs> yep yeah so um i um had was listening to you guys and i knew that i was coming down to encounter quest and i knew that i was gonna meet jenny and Oren. and you guys um every episode you're like um you know we'd like to um try and get Oren and jenny um uh, a microphone so the sound's a little more crisp and i was like you know what well, i'll just stop by the store and get them the same mic that i have so i was bringing them t-shirts because um i had made them t-shirts with my logo on it and i actually had it made made for a bunch of people and then i started my store so that's kind of cool um but yeah uh i'm happy that they are enjoying their mic but oren tried to give it back to me (laughs) when he saw it he's like he's like i can't take this i was like dude no you're taking it he's like oh man come on and i was like uh, and then i go i will be offended if you give it back to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you need it so just take it <laughs> i was like if it was a problem if it, i was like i wouldn't have gotten it if i didn't want to or if i couldn't technically you know what i mean because i think he was more worried that, of like it being pricey or whatever but it's on the cheaper end of the mics but it's still like i don't it, i mean if you're listening to my voice 
like I feel like it sounds fairly crisp. Obviously, the further away I get away from it, the sound's not that great. So, I mean, I mean that's any microphone, though. I mean, yeah. I started my show off with a $30 microphone, and everybody thought it sounded professional as shit. It's all about right. just knowing how to tweak the equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but then there, you have podcasts where they have like this mic and it's like, it could sit on like right here and I don't even have to be like right on top of it for it to sound this great. You know what I mean? And it would still sit, it would sit on my desk and it would still pick up my voice like this. I mean, the only problem with those kind is that I don't feel like they pick up like the vibration in your voice. Cause I feel like part of the trick is because I'm not even holding it close enough. If you want to really get that really good radio announcer podcaster yeah, voice, true. you got to be like close to the mic, but not too close where you just kind of talk <laughs> very, you don't yell, you know, you just got to talk right. in like a mellow, chill voice <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> until you laugh. And then you get, you know, all the, all the air hitting the mic. Yeah. If you laugh too loud, I listened to this podcast the other day. I don't know if you've uh, heard of it, but you should check it out. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's called one, nothing. Uh, she had the, uh, another podcast on for episode 12 and this woman like I'm not trying to make fun of her laugh I'm because I'm not uh, but it, her laugh made me laugh and she was so <laughs> loud about it and I was just like oh my ear <laughs> at the same time <laughs> but it made me laugh and it was so it was a really good episode so if um, if if you like um, uh, weird bizarre and gory uh ways that people die it's a good good podcast for you because it's like true crime animal attacks and like um uh weird accidents sounds morbid <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then she jokes too so she's pretty funny and she like tries to she's like she's like if um if you find uh death really sad and you don't want to hear people laughing about it then this is not a safe place for you <laughs> Dude, honestly, though, as fucked up as it sounds, it's like you talk about some dark ass topics and you really do have to break it up with like comedy. Yeah, you like, should. Prime example, dude, fucking Strange Brew. And shout out to Tom because he's always shouting me out on shows. So I figured I'd take the opportunity to throw one at him. But of course, he uh, recently, somewhat recently, it was like a couple months ago, but they did a, uh, an episode on the Toy Box Killer. And for anybody that's not familiar with that, that is probably the most decrepit, morbid killer that I've ever heard of in my, my fucking life. Like, Oh, I felt shit. like sick listening to it. And they did like the transcripts where they were like describing what this guy was saying that he was going to do to the girls and shit like that. Uh, but it's like so fucking dark and decrepit and shit. And like, they had to like liven it up by like making jokes here and there and shit. And it's just like, it's, it's needed. And specifically on that topic and how dark that shit got, I don't think anybody could have pulled that off as good as strange brew did. Cause like the dark humor is expected, but like, that dark of humor is only expected from like certain groups of people that can get away with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so, um, I recently heard that you are, um, working on a book. So why don't you tell, uh, the two people that listen to this show about, um, your book and maybe they might contact you about their stories. Oh, that'd be fucking great. So, Part of the Open Minds Media thing that I do is I'm trying to continuously expand that and not just make it like podcast productions. Like at a certain point, I want to start being able to do like mini series, different things like that. I do video content. But then the other side that I'm trying to do, which is like the first next step, is I want to expand into Open Minds Media Publishing is what I want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to publish like books for Oren because he's working on a bunch of stuff. 
published stuff for me. There's other authors I want to pop on there. They can pop on there, but pretty much make it so that it's like basically like a local thing and take advantage of having a podcast and use that as like kind of like the advertising front for it. Because I mean, half the battle with finding a book, it's just projecting it to an audience. But right. you know, that's why I feel like a lot of podcasters and writing books is because it's like you have your what you people are looking for for marketing right in front of you. So it's like do the book and then you have a means of actually like telling people about it, you know. But um, I've been working on a few different things. Uh, my main book that I'm working on is probably going to be a hot minute before it comes out. And I'm trying to figure out how to place it exactly because it kind of it doesn't pertain to other people's research, but it's pretty the area that I've been investigating is also pretty popular with another group's research. And I'm a totally different direction than them, but I just don't want people to, you know, start combining the two and think that whatever I'm trying to connect the phenomenon and not just that one location, but connect it now in other locations to see if my theory is correct on it. Mm -hmm. And so far, every single place that I found has the same characteristics. So it's, I'm going to end up expanding the book where originally it was going to be about that specific location, but I was, again, was worried about putting that out with another big group working on something in that area. But if I'm expanding what I'm trying to do, which is basically like a trying to prove stargates <laughs> for lack of better terms <laughs> and how you could theoretically open these things. Um, it, 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 the, the phenomenon like translates to like different locations, like the stuff that I think is needed for that to open Mm -hmm. is in all of these different places. Like you can find the same thing in Alaska. You can find the same thing in Michigan and you find the missing foreign ones that are on these locations. So I think a lot of those people aren't like UFOs or Bigfoot or anything like that. They're actually like accidentally walking through a stargate because a lot of, this is going to sound weird, but a lot of the seismic activity I found is around the same time as some of these missing foreign one cases. Oh, so part it. of how I think you open a stargate is by using vibration. So it completely makes sense that if these people are just exploring in a cave, for example, or doing something in a cavern and some type of seismic event happens, even if it's just a light one, it might be enough vibration that it might open up a gate. But that's partly one of the books I'm working on. But the main one that I'm working on, which was the one that you were referring to, is uh, I'm trying to make a collaboration of people who have had off the wall, very, very strange encounters. Um, you know, I want to try to make it as weird as possible. Um, you know, like, of course, I'm always going to be interested in like Bigfoot stuff, but the main right. focus of what I'm trying to do for the book is I want to find encounters from people that they don't know what the creature is, what it might be, because I want to do a list or like an encounter in the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of it would be my research on that encounter and my different theories on what I think that that phenomenon could have theoretically been. And my idea behind doing this style of book is that I want to make it a little bit different than other people's typical encounter books where it's just the straight encounter and you leave the information as what it is. Um, I want to basically do step-by-step -step of my research and how I go from it where I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like this, this, and this, and then section it down to, oh, well, it fits this category more. So these are what my multiple theories on what I think this thing could be is. And part of like what the intention is behind that book is one, it's kind of like showing the work. Um, it's going to help people who have something that can't be explained, at least possibly be able to kind of start working in a direction on what they think it could possibly be. And also in turn, um, because there's a whole lot of, there's a lot of information nowadays. And it's not that people are necessarily like grasping for information like it used to be in the past. It's a matter of being able to dissect through information to figure out what's the important information. Mm. So part of it is essentially supposed to help people kind of, be able to do that like a step-by-step -step to see how like a researcher would do do some research into like a weird phenomenon so then maybe there's some more uh like listeners um anybody that just wants to investigate this kind of stuff maybe it can kind of give them somewhat of like a framework 
on like how you would go about investigating like weird, bizarre encounters. But so far I have a handful in that book. I want to make it at least where it's probably like 20 to 30 encounters and then my descriptions of those. So if anybody out there has any weird phenomenon that they can't explain, they don't quite know what it was. Um, maybe it fits into a category, but there's something really weird about it. You know, like a, for example, like a Sasquatch, but then it like disappeared or something. Or actually, that's probably not a good example because there's a lot of theories on like interdimensional <laughs> Bigfoot. But yeah, just like something that's not familiar with Bigfoot. Like a, a prime example, I had somebody on the show named uh, Carter uh, Bouchard, and he talks about how he had this Sasquatch encounter where basically his car kept moving locations. Like he was staring at it. And his wife was staring at it and he said it was on this side and then all of a sudden it was on this side and then it was on this side and then it was on this side. Like his perception was being like changed by something and he thinks it was a Sasquatch using some type of like telekinetic ability. But again, a weird encounter. You're in the middle of the woods and you're seeing your car shift to two different locations. Like that's the type of weird shit that I want to put in the book and I want to try to like break it down and say like, oh, well, this piece of folklore refers to something like this Mm -hmm. and then this refers to this creature like this and then I can kind of build it down from there. So of course I'm always interested in like the, you know, I don't want to say standard encounters, but like, Oh, I saw a Bigfoot walking across the path. I'm always fascinated in that. So if anybody wants to send me those, I love hearing those to begin with. But if anybody has some like really off the wall shit or something that they really just don't know what it was, um, you know, maybe like a, like a ghost, but it was like physical or something like that. Like it, it wasn't like a typical ghost. Like it was like completely solid or something like that. Just, mm-hmm. Weird stuff is what I kind of want to do in that book. So again, I, I keep saying it, but if anybody has any weird encounters, feel free to throw them my way because I would love to include them in the book. And anybody that does that, there's two options. Either one, I can give you credit for your story if you want to have your name on there. Or if you're not interested in having your name on there, but you want to still share the story, um, you know, I can change locations. I can change names. Uh, just if you guys send me any encounters, let me know how you'd like to go about it. And you don't necessarily have to type out an encounter for me, even if you record yourself on like a, you know, on your phone, for example, and you send like an audio clip or something like that, or you go on Instagram and you send me a voice, voice clip or something like that. I can always run it through programs, turn it into text and uh, go from there. So you don't have to physically sit there and type it. You can just tell your story in your phone and send it over to me and I'll include it in the book. If you guys just tell me how you, uh, if you want your name included or not, I guess. Nice, nice. You could use uh, one of mine too that I, I, I've told you on bizarre encounters if you want. I would love to use your mushroom one, actually. Yes, yeah. I, that one, I'm still like uh, weirded out by that one. But um, interesting enough, you talking about this guy with the car. Um, so the um, a gentleman had come on my on my show. Like uh, I think it's like t- episode twenty eight. Uh, so it was a while ago, <clears throat> but he's an author and his name's Nomar Slevic and he does essentially the, the same thing that you're doing, um, with the books. So he does like encounter, um, books and stuff. And he was out, um, I can't remember where he was, but any, it doesn't really matter. He was investigating like a Mothman encounter. Right. And he's out there in the woods sitting in his car on the side of the road. And then he's just like, all right, I'm going to go back to town. I'm done. He's well, he saw first he saw red eyes in the woods in like the swamp area. And then he waited for a while and he never saw him again. So he started driving because he had been facing town. And he's like, I only drove like not even a mile out of town. He goes, so I'm driving. And it just it was like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. 
20 minutes he's like i should have seen the town sign by now and the i should be able to see the 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 town lights and everything he goes and i'm not seeing it so then i turn around and i'm driving and i'm driving and i'm driving he goes like 10 15 minutes 20 minutes he's just like what the hell is going on and then he turned around again and within like five minutes he was in town (laughs) that's fucking weird bro i think i've heard that from somewhere before i wonder if it was I wonder where I, or different encounters that had something somewhat along the same lines. Yeah. I mean, that's like a prime example, bro. Weird time slips are fascinating. Yeah. That, that, Especially when there's not a UFO scene. So it's not connected specifically to a UFO phenomenon, but just yeah. weird time slips. I love that interdimensional shit, dude. I got so many theories on that stuff. Same. Same. Um, I, th- well, I kind of think that Mothman might be an extraterrestrial in like a spacesuit. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not like 100% like that's I I'm like 100% married to this idea. Like this is my idea and this is what I'm going with on everything. I'm open to like what it could possibly just be a really giant moth. Um, but uh, I'm super intrigued by that. So the fact that that happened to him while he's investigating a Mothman encounter and he sees these red eyes and then this happens, it kind of feels like, you know, missing time to me mm-hmm. so i mean at least for me bro i always uh i don't know if a lot of people know this term but raven mockers it's a native american legend about this like harbinger of doom essentially so it's like you already had mothman stories that are dating back centuries ago before the initial mothman thing so i mean they theoretically could be paranormal i mean uh interdimensional yeah aliens <laughs> or it could be some type of like nature spirit possibly, or some type of just something paranormal. But I mean, just to, just to throw in a little extra fun story here. Do you know why Mothman is called Mothman? Cause there's uh, originally a different name. Was it? I didn't know that. I just, I just assumed that they uh, associate him with looking like a moth. Well, originally people said that he looked more like a bat and mm. you can call him Batman because Batman was already a name of a superhero. So um, they took the next closest thing, which was Mothman, and then they ended up rolling with that. But like the original name, description, whatever, would have been Batman if it wasn't for there already being a comic book character named Batman. What? I didn't know that shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm learning so much new shit today. So uh, before Shane and I started recording, we had talked for almost an hour um just about random shit and he's telling me <laughs> stuff about zoom that i didn't know he's telling me about books and audio books and pdf files that i didn't know anything about so you're just a plethora of knowledge you're like an abyss dude i feel like i could just reach in and grab something out of you like every 10 15 minutes so <laughs> dude i've been hearing that since i was six i love that terminology a ple- I, usually i go with a plethora of useless knowledge but it seems like at least in this community it ends up actually being beneficial knowledge now. So at least I found somewhere to put all the uh, weird random knowledge that I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's another reason why I love listening to your show. So like just pull um, some shit out of a hat out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, like in, in, in uh, inquiries, you'll be talking to somebody, then you'll just be like, um, and, and the guest will have like this one uh, track of mind on what their like their encounter or what they think of something and they like don't really like look outside the box and then you're just like well what about this and then well you know when Native Americans and this and then you well back in like 1902 or something 
you know, and well, this and then uh, this guy, you know, Frank for Jones or something did this back in freaking 1812. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? <laughs> Dude, that's one of my favorite things, though, about inquiries and bizarre encounters, bro, is I always love when I can have a researcher on and then they end up leaving the show with like, damn, you gave me some shit to think about. Cause that's like one of those things that it's like, you know, it's a t- mostly as a podcaster, it's like you interview. So it's like, you're not really like throwing in much information from that for, to them. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a little extra, like pat on the back when you can be a podcaster that helps a researcher out. So that's, I mean, I guess kind of where my show differentiates from, I mean, I'm sure there's people doing it of course, but that's where oh, my yeah. show, I guess kind of differentiates from a lot of other people's shows is that I don't just do the typical like interview. It, like I said, it's an open-minded conversation. It's not, you know, we, we get into a conversation. I started throwing some weird shit in. We expand on our theories. And that's the fun part about it is when you can start expanding on somebody else's theory and give them new shit to think about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and I mean, same thing with this show. Like I started it as more like a interviewer type thing. And now it's just kind of like morphed into just a podcast about two people having a conversation. And it just happens that the guest is the focus. You know what I mean? is the topic of the conversation and their stuff is the topic of conversation. And then I'll, you know, I'll, like I told you before we started, um, sometimes I'll just go on a, on a, a little bit of a tangent on something, especially when it comes to government. So, um, but anyways, so with that being said, the main reason why you're on the show is because you have encounters so I remember when I was on Bizarre Encounters, you had mentioned that you had a possible or maybe 100, you're 100% sure. I think you said maybe, but a Wendigo uh, encounter. And I would love to hear that. So there's a lot that goes into this. So I have to try to categorize it on where it should be. Well, this is how I'll do it. I'll tell the story itself. Okay. And then afterwards, I'll kind of explain all the thought and all my weird folklore stuff. Like, like you said, I tend to do. I'll, I'll yes. throw that all in after the encounter itself. But so started off, um, my girlfriend and I uh, probably like a little under 10 years ago, probably like six or seven years ago, uh, we used to do urban exploring. And for anybody that's not familiar with what urban exploring is, it's essentially when you look for abandoned places, you know, preferably haunted or some kind of creepy place. And then you uh, sneak in there and check the place out. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. They'll disrespect the building. They'll destroy it. Uh, we were never really on that vibe. We just kind of, you know, wanted to, we just like the way these decrepit, beat up buildings look. So we just used to get into them and respect them, of course. And then we'd leave. But we built this fascination with this place called Northville Psychiatric Hospital, which is in Northville, Michigan. And it's a pretty, pretty fucking huge campus. Like there's the main hospital. Uh, there's a bunch of different dorm uh, room areas or not areas, but dorm buildings. Uh, there was like a gym building. Uh, there was a couple other different like office buildings, things like that. It, it's a pretty, pretty fucking big campus. with A lot of buildings on it. And uh, there's a lot of pa- like paranormal stories there because of course it was like a psychiatric hospital and any psychiatric hospital more often than not, people were abused there because you know, it's a mental patient. The doctors do what they want kind of a thing. Obviously you see the old movies, like how it used to be. I'm sure a lot of that stuff's still happening now, but this hospital ended up closing down, I believe in early two thousands or the late nineties, one of the two. Um, but there was like horrific stories from that place of like, uh, you know, patients like escaping and I'm like chasing down like the patients like through the woods that's like behind this place and like dragging them back into the building and just weird shit like that. But so we used to um 
we got to a point where we pretty much mapped out this place. Like we knew where everything was at. We saw all the videos online of all these like weird, creepy spots in the place. We found every single one of those places. And uh, we, there, there's this whole underground tunnel system that goes underneath Northville. And one of the entrances to it is underneath Northville itself. Like you can access it through the basement and stuff. So, you know, we've been around this place. We hadn't really seen anything too crazy happen. You know, you get like orbs in certain areas. Um, but I mean, there's always the possibility that some of that stuff does, especially with some of those old beat up, beat up buildings and stuff. Um, one other weird kind of thing that happened was we were upstairs in the building one day and all the windows weren't broken on that floor. So there wasn't air rushing through the building, but we we're just walking by. Everything's quiet and casual. Nobody else was in the building. And this door that was blue with a smiley face on it, weird shit, just like slams fucking shut, like hard shut. And it was like more than like a wind, the wind pushing it shut, you know? And like I said, none of the windows were broken on that floor. So there wasn't any gusts or anything coming through. So just for shits and giggles, like I reopened the door, put it back where it was at. And we just stayed there for a while to try to see if it would slam shut again and see, you know, because you got to investigate stuff. You can't just be like, oh, it's paranormal. Like you got to, you got to do some experiments. You can't just fall right on it. You got to be a health, healthy skeptic when it comes to any of this like weird phenomenon, because, you know, it's always fun to talk about any weird phenomenon, but you can't just instantly hop onto this is what it is. You have to try the logical explanation for it first, but mm-hmm. at least for there, the door never, uh, it never ended up slamming back shut. So that, that was fucking weird. So then after that, we, this was actually the, before the window encounter, I'll just kind of include all the different Northville stuff that happened. Um, just exploring the place. I used to try to like collect random, interesting objects and stuff. Like I, I took like a no smoking sign. And then this is what I think is the weird part about it. I found this tiki head, but it was made out of foam and it was painted. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> And I didn't think about it till I got home that, you know, this is a psychiatric hospital. You're like you're not giving people blocks of wood to do crafts on. You give them like foam so that you can cut it with like plastic and you don't have to worry about any of the patients like hurting themselves. So yeah. assumably this thing was probably because it, it doesn't it didn't look like something you could buy at the store. It was like white fucking foam on the back and it was like hand painted and stuff like it looked like more often than not. Like it was probably a patient that made it at some point. But I ended up bringing that home in the no smoking sign. And we got home. Uh, my girlfriend and I. Uh, but I'll try to describe the house before I get into it too much. But basically you walk in the front door, there's stairs going upstairs and then there's the front room and then the kitchen on the other side of the front room. But it's one of those wraparound ones where there's a like a doorway on both sides. So you can walk around the kitchen and the front room like continuously, you know? And uh, so we went upstairs, put all of our stuff down, came back down, got to the base of the stairs and Gabby was about to go into the kitchen to go get something to eat or get a snack, whatever she was trying to do. She's going into the kitchen. And as she's walking into the kitchen, right on the couch, there's this dark shadow in the shape of a person that's, for anybody that knows what a shadow person is, essentially a shadow person. It's a shadow that's darker than dark because it was pitch black in the room, but it was a dark enough shadow that you can see through it. And it was sitting on the couch. I'm sitting or standing at the base of the stairs. She goes to walk into the kitchen and she had one of those like fear instincts where you just keep going out with what you're doing and you don't like stop. So she's like looking right at this thing and just walks right in front of it. Like, I mean, like she probably walked like two inches in front of this thing, just right through the door into the kitchen. And then she comes around the other side and she looks and I look at her and we look back and it's not there anymore. And she was like, you saw that, right? I'm like, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) It's like, all right. (laughs) Holy shit. I was like, I should probably get rid of that shit that I got today. Because I'm assuming that it was something that was linked to that fucking tiki head. Because something personal. It was like an art project, you know? Yeah. So I ended up getting rid of that. And I never ended up seeing this thing in the house again, but it was just one of those like perfectly textbook shadow person moments where like two people saw it, 
It was 100% in the shape of a person, and it was pitch black in that, like, you know, you have, like, the random little lights on from, like, the TV, shit like that, but it was dark in the house, and this shadow was still darker than that, and it was dark enough that you couldn't, like, see the couch through it, you know? Just weird shit. Wow. So that's, again, sparked more of our interest into Northville. So, you know, we didn't see anything really necessarily happen there um, yet, and we had that experience. So then, you know, we're still continuously exploring that place. Um, there was one day, and I think this kind of ties into the main part that you wanted me to kind of get into. But uh, so we're up on maybe like fifth floor, maybe a little bit higher than that. It, it was relatively higher up. It wasn't like a low floor. It was a high up where you could see into like across the field that was behind the place mm-hmm. into like the wood line. And I'm up there and I'm looking out the window because I'm always looking because this place is right next to a police station. Well, it was before they tore it down. So you have, you have to look, you know, we wouldn't park anywhere near it, but you just didn't want the cops coming in on you in the building. Like you want to be aware. And if there are cops that are around, you just lay low for a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I was looking out the window and at the corner of the, at the, at the tree line, there's this cougar dead ass, a fucking cougar. And I saw that shit. And so did her, my girlfriend's friend. We both looked down. I'm like, that's a fucking cougar. She was like, yeah, that is a fucking cougar. Jesus so I was like, we should probably stay up here. Mm. And for anybody that's not familiar with Michigan, cougars are not native to Michigan at all by any means. So I didn't even believe that that was necessarily what I saw. I was like, that looks like a fucking cougar. But like, I live in Michigan. There's not supposed to be fucking cougars. So you can, everybody who wants to look this up, you can look this shit up. Look up uh, cougar in Northville, Michigan. And there's these cases of people seeing this cougar in Northville, Michigan, but they never ended up finding a body and they never ended up actually finding the cougar itself. But they, there's documentation of there being cougar sightings near this area in Northville, Michigan. So just weird. And the fact that, you know, normally cats aren't looking up like that. So this thing was, I was on between like, you know, fifth, seventh floor, like I was saying, and this thing was looking up at me, like making eye contact. Like, what? You know, if it's just a, just a cat, you know, they're just going to walk in. I'm not, I wasn't making noise up there. I wasn't doing anything. There was no reason why it should have been looking up and noticing me in the window. Mm. And when it was looking at us, it did this thing where it like backed up slowly back into the tree line. Like, you know, that shit you see in movies where it's like a dark shadow, like emerges. And then it comes back into the dark shadow. It was like one of those kind of moments. Cause it was starting to get dark out and it just dipped back into the woods. And I was just like, Oh, well, we're we fucking staying here tonight. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way that we would hide our car was like back through those woods. Oh, so it's like fuck. we had to go that fucking way at some point. So again, heart attack moment. We ended up, I think, going through the street from the front and walked all the way back around the main street because I didn't want to take a chance going through those woods. Yeah, I and don't blame you. Like I said, that thing was never found, man. So that happened. And then a couple weeks later, we ended up going back again. And we decided, hey, we've already completely explored this place. Um, I don't, you know, it's it's fun. It's always going to be fun. But, you know, I want to go on a new adventure. And the tunnels, we'd never actually gone in before because it's a lot of freaky stories about that. And even just the concept of, you know, your batteries run out of, run out of, um, your, your, your flashlight runs out of batteries mm-hmm. and you're down there and you don't have any other ones. And it's a tunnel underneath the city. So this shit's like pitch fucking black. So it's like you don't want to take any chances otherwise you're going to be feeling the fucking wall all the way back and the tunnel system splits so it's like once it's pitch black like who fucking knows what way you came from unless you're using some kind of like glow paint or something like that to be safe but like it goes underneath the whole city like it's it's big yeah i i have a i have a slight uh fear of the dark so i, I would you dark. would not catch me down there it's isolation the problem is dark when you're underground that's that's a whole different story yeah that's true <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, so we decided that we wanted to maybe not go like super far in, but just kind of venture in a little bit, you know, see what it was all about. And we totally mapped out Northville. So we knew that there was access to these tunnels through the basement. Mm-hmm. So we're it's starting to get dark. We're like, all right, maybe we'll just kind of, you know, look around there for a little bit and then we'll head out. So we go down the stairs to go into the basement and there's this hole in the wall, but it's one of those holes in the wall where it's not just like somebody who was just fucking around and knocked the hole out. It was like the bricks were removed purposely, you know, to like create like a doorway, um, not like a perfect doorway, but more of like a rounded like doorway because it was an old abandoned building, but the bricks were removed like by hand. It wasn't like something hit it and knocked it over, you know, somebody, somebody took it apart. So, you know, we just go into the basement and I started trying to venture towards that way. I see that, I see that whole opening. So I turn that corner and I go to look in that room to see what's in there. And on the other side of the room, there's this like metal, like girdy cart, like table. And I walk in and I hear this voice on the side of my head, right on my, my uh, right ear. And it says, run, just that fucking creepy. And as I hear that behind that fucking table, girdy cart thing, because again, it's, it was a metal cart with fucking mm. wheels of some sort, but I was just too mind fucked by this thing behind it. This thing stands up. And the best way I can describe it is this tall, lanky, pale creature with this greasy black long hair on the top of its head, like, like just gross and like grimy, just creepy looking. And I just saw the back of this thing. And the second I see that thing, dude, I take the fuck off running and I have Gabby with me. I have her friend with me. And the lucky part is I like, I knew this place. I know doors were like welded shut and shit. Right. So I'm like, I'm just taking the fuck off. I didn't tell the girls what was up because I don't want to freak them out. I don't want them to like look back. I just start fucking running. And we ended up making it out of the building. Gabby is taking pictures along the way as we're as we're going out because she didn't know what the fuck was happening. She's just like, oh yeah, I'm just taking pictures and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> she ends up capturing a picture of it it's it's weird. It's not like it looked more like an apparition, but you can 100 percent see the thing that I saw within this picture. And it was like crouching down in the hallway behind no us. Fucking fucking way. Creepy shit. And I didn't know what this thing was forever. And this is honestly what started sparking like my fascination into cryptid research. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, could it have been like a homeless person? Like, no, because this thing was like tall and lanky. Like it didn't look like a, like a person, like should be shaped. It like got up with this like broad, sh- like shoulder, like creepy stance. And uh, I couldn't place what it was. I started looking up like gray skin, this blah, 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 blah. I was just looking, looking stuff up, trying to figure out what it was. And I kept going back to Rake and Pale Crawler. And I started looking up just like things about it. And I kept going back to like Wendigo, but I was just like, oh, it can't be that because, you know, the deer head, this, that. And for anybody that knows me, I'll, I'll address that in a few minutes because yes, that's not yes. what Wendigo looks like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was going to mention that, but if you're going to do it, then you, I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, this, that's part of the rant that I was going to get into after the story. But so I, I didn't know what this thing was. I ended up getting back to Rake, Pale Crawler, but it fit like some of the descriptions of like a Wendigo. So for a while, I just categorized this thing as like a Pale Crawler or something, right? Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of where I just left it in the back burner of my mind. So then I ended up doing a show with Justin from the Cryptids of the Corn. And I told that story and he starts connecting more dots for me. He's like, dude, you, you saw a Wendigo. Like he, he was like, all right. So during the winter, we, we just started connecting pieces on the show for anybody who wants to go back and check it out. I think it's like episode three of Bizarre Encounters. But we basically connect the fact that one, they're known to be underground, stay underground, bury themselves during the warmer months because they have to stay cold because they're like a decaying skin. Mm-hmm. And the second part is with the Wendigo, there's still the person in there and there's like a spirit that they're fighting. 
And there's these stories about with the Wendigo, how, you know, people would know their name and then they would make them pause from like attacking them because they would just reconnect them with their humanity. And part of what he connected with it was that, again, if everybody's kind of getting where we're getting at here, I believe it was a Wendigo, um, is the fact that I do have Native American blood. My grandma was 100% Cherokee. So he thinks that because I had that Cherokee blood that this thing kind of knew that and it took advantage of the fact that it still had some of its humanity in it to basically tell me to run. So what we both kind of theorize is that that voice that I heard run was actually the human that was inside of that Wendigo spirit, that Wendigo creature. And the other weird part about it too is that there's always the stories about uh, Wendigo's like transitioning um, kind of fits along like the same line as like the skin, skinwalker lore, except the skinwalker lore is basically that it's a medicine man that chooses to do that. And in turn yeah. has control over what it's doing versus like the Wendigo, which is very, very close and along the same lines, but it's a human spirit that, that the uh, basically that the Wendigo spirit took over because they resorted to cannibalism or some type of awful act. Mm-hmm. So essentially they have the same, for lack of better terms, like powers or abilities, um, just the aspect of one can control it because they chose to go down that path and the other one can't control it because essentially they're fighting a spirit. So weird cougar that we saw, not native to Michigan, body was never found. We think that that cougar was actually this thing and then it ended up going into the basement because it was trying to stay cold because it's, you know, a decrepit dying flesh. Uh-huh. And now getting into some of the Wendigo research that we I recently did a bunch of stuff on, everybody has this idea of the Wendigo that it's the deer-headed creature, but that's that's not what it is. If you dig into Native American lore, they describe it basically like a zombie with yellowing eyes that has unquenchable hunger, so it basically will eat its lips off, and they become these tall, lanky, creepy creatures. Mm-hmm. Essentially what people are now classifying as a pale crawler, but I'll get back to that in a second too. <laughs> um so the whole idea about what people think of the Wendigo is the same thing that happened to a lot of Native American locations where you'll hear like Devil's Peak, Devil's This, where the white settlers came in and they saw the natives as savages. So they tried to demonize. You know, they, all their stuff was demonized. It was demons, devil, this, that. So there was a uh, white settler writer that was coming across and like collecting these like Native American stories and you know, he was hearing him from the, the original depictions of the stories, but what he wanted to do was make sure people knew that this thing was evil. So he started incorporating, you know, what like the Christian views of something that would be evil would be. Mm-hmm. And that's where you started getting the deer head, which is a Native American thing. Like, you know, the deer is like a Native American, um, very spiritual animal to the Native Americans because you can use it for so many different things. So he was combining that with the whole like goat head demon lore And basically trying to demonize Native American culture. And it took off so much that that's what everybody knows the Wendigo as. Where, like, if you actually saw a depiction of what a Wendigo actually is, according to Native American lore, it essentially is like a tall, lanky, creepy-ass zombie. Yes. So Yes. Um, I always thought that the there was a movie, like, in the 60s or the 70s that um, it will... Uh, it was about a Wendigo, but he happened to just be wearing a deer head skull and it had the antlers and shit. And I always thought that that was the reason why. But if if this white settler guy was 
uh, going around and doing that, then obviously that's where that came from. So well, it's a continued thing through media too. Like he makes a reference to it, and then somebody at some point had to have made the first like visual representation of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that could have been you know the first like visual rep- representation besides just like a sketch or something too. So I mean, that's still maybe a first, but just you know like a different first, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, the last part that I want to kind of get at with this whole thing is that. Okay, so you have everybody that talks about the rake now. You have everybody that talks about the pale crawler. I personally think that this is what happened. So everybody knows a Wendigo as the deer-headed creature. So when they start seeing these things that are Wendigos, it's not a Wendigo to them because they know the Wendigo is the deer-headed creature. So they're like, what is this weird, lanky, creepy creature? So they give it a new name. They start calling it pale crawlers and rakes. So I think that pale crawlers, rakes, and Wendigos are all the same thing. And it's just a matter of misidentifying and putting them into a new category because we've pulled so far away from the original lore. Cause you're never going to find a deer headed one to go. Cause they don't exist. That's not, that's not what that is. Yeah. Uh, so I had this conversation in episode one of this podcast, except I don't advise anybody to listen to that episode because the audio absolutely was <laughs> atrocious. The first uh, episodes are always bad. It's not anybody's <laughs> show. Like probably don't go back and listen to the first episode of inquiries either. <laughs> yeah. It was an amazing conversation. It just, the sound was shitty. Uh, but I was talking to my buddy Dylan and we, you know, we talked about um, uh, ghosts, uh, and uh cryptids and pizzagate and shit and actually we went pretty hard in the paint on pizzagate but he did he brought up rake right and he's explaining it to me and i'm just like that sounds like a wendigo to me and he's Mm -hmm. like he's like no it's not a wendigo it's 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 a rake and he's like continuing and i was like no that's a wendigo bro and he's like no He's like, well, maybe, you know, he's like, I don't really know anything about, you know, Wendigos except for like they they look like deer. I'm like, no, the Wendigos look like people just really like long, lanky, like zombie fucking I'm dying fucking decrepit from eating human flesh. Yeah, I was was like, I was like, so like a Wendigo um, is a a human that resorted is starving and resorts to eating human flesh cannibalism. Like you said, like five minutes ago, and then it's, they get possessed by the spirit, you know, and then they just turn into this thing. I mean, a good representation that I feel of a Wendigo is uh, the video game until dawn. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the perfect um, description of what a Wendigo looks like. Dude, there's a movie called Antler. It was really good for a, like it's a good movie. I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But the beginning of it, they had the Wendigo thing pretty damn good. They had like these lanky, creepy ass. The people were like deforming and turning into these creatures. But then they did this thing where it like he split from the chest and he turned into everybody's idea of like what a Wendigo was. But where they were building up to it becoming that, that was basically the idea of like what a Wendigo is. Mm-hmm. And just to throw in another one too, dude, the fucking pale crawlers most of the experiences that people have with those things are them tracking them down and chasing them in the woods. Just to make another connection. What's known for doing that? Wendigo. And they're seen near cave systems, which could connect into a whole other thing. But also, again, talking back about the Native American stuff, they would say from the first snowfall to the last snowfall, you weren't safe because that's when they would come out because the flesh wouldn't decay because it's cold. Mm-hmm. But during the summer months, there's Native American lore about these things going underground or burying themselves. So again, connecting with the pale crawler shit, if they're seen near cave entrances during the summer and they're creeping people down looking for food, still fits the category, still fits the bill. <laughs> exactly. 
and everything every i feel like not maybe not every but a good portion of like cryptids and stuff like that always resort to a cave system or something to do with being underground which i find super interesting as well that might connect with my portal theory <laughs> yeah and and uh the the native american mounds you know you're saying that mm-hmm. like it's burying itself into the ground you know maybe this is just those mounds are just like these big fucking um maybe that's why they called it sacred because they know that these fucking entities are inside of these mounds i mean shit even talking about those mounds too there's a reason okay so if we know stuff has native american artifacts in it like more often than not like we we end up digging that shit up because just the way we are you know we didn't care but when we were originally digging up these mounds before people were like all right we're not going to do this anymore. They were finding basically like giant skeletons in them and then smaller skeletons like wrapped around them and stuff too. So it's like all these mounds could every mound that you see could potentially have a giant at the bottom of it. And mm. that could possibly be why they don't want people to dig up these mounds. And they're like, Oh, it's sacred. Oh, it's this. I mean, it's a burial ground. So you still have that like spiritual aspect to it, but yeah. I still feel like they're also trying to hide something also in the process. And yeah. again, just to throw in another weird theory, uh, people will talk about, Oh, why haven't we found any Sasquatch bodies? Well, Sasquatch connects in with a lot of Native American lore, and they talk about how they shared a lot of the same views. Like back in the day, they, you know, some Native American tribes even refer to them as like another lost tribe, essentially. Uh So, you know, knowing that they have that, if they are moderately intelligent, you find mounds all over the fucking woods. So I wonder how many mounds could actually be also Sasquatch burial grounds. And the reason why you never find a Sasquatch body is because they do have burial rights and they put the people underground and maybe that's where the Native Americans got the idea from was from watching the Sasquatch bury their dead in mounts. Huh. That's a Just good throw a weird one in there. <laughs> that's interesting. I like that though. I like that. That's uh using your noggin, which I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, by that logic, man, it's like there's hills and mounds all over the fucking woods. It's like even if it there's like the big mounds that everybody knows about, like the big prolific mounds, but just any hill mound, whatever found in the woods, man, like who knows realistically what could be in that thing? Like there yeah. could be a Sasquatch body. There could be a native American body. Like any little foothill you see over time, grass is going to grow over it. You're just going to think they are walking over little foothills, but realistically you could literally be walking over like some type of ancient graveyard without even realizing it. That's true. I kind of think that uh, the ground we walk on isn't the original ground. <laughs> anyway oh dude fucking egypt shows that um the easter island shows that all these old structures dude we never just find them sitting on the surface they're always buried buried which proves the fact that again like the ground the ground is always adding more on and even so like digging up dinosaurs digging up whatever like they dig through layers in the ground to be able to understand eras so it's like obviously it's going up like there's more ground being created you know <laughs> it's just like the you know the mud floods uh, and like and shit like that because when you go into like in just in america alone you go into like these big city areas or whatever or, or i could even just go downtown and in, in this town and go to like town hall and there's like these big ass windows but you only get half of it because i'm walking down the sidewalk and only half the window is showing out of the ground you know which i find fucking pretty interesting and then the doors like um are just like extremely massive for no reason (laughs) almost kind of makes you wonder too if it's one of those things that the ground gets soft the ground hard like i don't think anything's necessarily always stationary it makes you wonder if maybe there is more ground or two 
if it's just a matter of everything's heavy because, I mean, it's a fucking brick building or it's whatever, it's a building. So over time, for thousands of years, like it's bound to start sinking to some extent. Like they talk about how the Lincoln Monument sink or not the Lincoln, the Washington Monument sinks like an inch a year. Like imagine if you have something as heavy as the fucking pyramids, for example, sitting on sand and then you add thousands and thousands of years to it. Like maybe it's not that there is more shit. Maybe it's just the fact that it sunk more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even in that category, I mean, there's still the sand, the sand blows, there's sandstorms, all that shit gets covered up. But even like uh, Machu Picchu, like any any of the weird metallithic sites you want to look into, they're all half underground. It could just be because they're so goddamn heavy because it's all stone that they just sunk. Like the Easter Island heads, they have yep. full bodies underneath them. Mm-hmm. They may have been sitting on the surface at one point. They may not have been necessarily like a mudslide. It just may have been that they're so goddamn heavy that over years and years and years, they just sunk up to where we knew them at. Yeah, and everything's vibration. And so, like, I feel like the Earth is always, like, has, like, a a vibration to it. So it's just, like, yeah. Like, and and that's basically what the mud flood is, is just a vibration that's so uh, violently vibrating that it sinks. That's basically what the mud flood theory is. So I think just the Earth is constantly vibrating and that's why i think like because there was one time when i was a kid um i was we were in a living in a trailer out in fucking vermont and the vermont uh the trailer just kind of like starts like doing like this little shake and my, i was like what is that an earthquake and my mom's like no that's the house settling and i was like what the fuck what does that mean <laughs> i mean shit there's seismic activity everywhere i mean even if you're in a state that doesn't necessarily have seismic activity there's still some type of activity happening under the ground even if you don't feel it so it's like even past the world itself having its own frequency and vibration there's still the constant like shifting of the tectonic plates that are under the ground constantly yeah yeah that makes that makes sense and that's one of the things that you learn in school is like the tectonic plates always shifting and moving so i mean it makes sense for the earth to be to me to be vibrating so uh, everything sinking makes sense to me and i don't know have you ever heard i'm assuming that you have heard of tartaria mm-hmm. yeah i That's... never really dug too deep into the mud floods or tartaria because i never quite knew where to like categorize it at as yeah. i didn't know if it was one of those things that it's like trying to just throw people off in a totally different direction if it's definitely a possibility but one cataclysm i always dig into is the whole like great flood concept because i i yes. definitely think that's facts <laughs> yes i think so too um but i find it interesting every time they talk about tartaria and the mud floods is the they'll talk about like the world fairs and how um when settlers came here that there were structures in like cities here already before the colon colonists sh- even showed up um so and that could have been generations after, too, because if you get into the whole like great flood idea, you know, like Graham Hancock says that he believes that it happened in the Scablands in, in America. Yeah. And the reason why America could be the new land, that may not be the case. It may be the old land, but there is such a huge cataclysmic event that happened here that everybody fucking separated away from this area. And that's why it's so flat and people didn't find much here is because everything got fucking bombarded, destroyed washed over by waters, floods, all that kind of shit. Yeah. And then it's just like the remnants that were left is what we're looking at now, which completely makes sense because most of like the old structures in the Americas are all fucking destroyed. <laughs> mm, mm. And uh, the Grand Canyon used to be underwater. There's proof of that. 
Yeah, they're saying that that was like a big wa- bunch of water that rushed in. So that still could have been part of the great uh, the great flood too that created exactly. the Grand Canyon. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, anybody that hasn't watched uh, Ancient Apocalypse, that Graham Hancock documentary, the last episode where he's describing the Scablands and the amount of fucking water that went through this goddamn place. He was talking about like they're standing in it. It's basically like this Grand Canyon size looking fucking thing at the bottom of it. And they were just like, imagine this as just rushing water coming in this direction. He was like talking about the path of like where the water went. And he said, this was the most destructive water force that we know of that ever existed on this planet. They're like, imagine taking every single body of water that exists on the planet and then pushing it all through one area all at once. And imagine like the destruction and chaos that happened all Mm -hmm. in this area, all at fucking once. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. horrifying. Just if you haven't watched that whole series, at least watch the last episode and you guys are going to be shitting fucking bricks. Like people are scared (laughs) of Yellowstone volcano, bro. Like, I'd be more scared of that fucking water. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, there's actually, speaking of volcanoes, there's a volcano erupting right now in fucking Hawaii. Well, the volcano in Hawaii is, isn't, they have some that are always erupting. Yeah. Essentially, that, I guess you're Hawaii right. is just volcanic rock. Like, all, yeah. those islands are all formed from volcanoes in the first place. Yeah. Did you hear about the one that the volcano that was had been inactive for like a hundred years or something like that? And it's underwater, but it's erupting. And then they found like these huge ass eggs at the bottom of it. I did not. Uh, yeah, they were talking. And, and when so when they're talking about the eggs, like it, I feel like I look like when I'm thinking about when they're talking about it, it looks like a giant like dinosaur egg. But they were like linking it to like stingrays. And but they were saying that the eggs were too big to be stingrays, but like in the media they were saying that it was stingrays. Of course, they always got to cover it up with something because nobody can really get a true size comparison unless they're physically there actually it, seeing it. Exactly. But dude, those they still exist around the planet. Like just a prime example, I had uh Pat Spain come on the show not too long ago, and he was talking about how he was in Mongolia, just walking around like the fucking deserts in Mongolia, and he said he literally found a fucking dinosaur nest with three eggs in it. Like actual what? fucking dinosaur eggs. And he ended up reporting it to the government. And he basically went on this long story about how there was this whole story about how Nicolas Cage supposedly bought a dinosaur egg from the Mongolian government. And he's pretty sure that <laughs> Nicolas Cage owns one of the eggs that he discovered. And he's also a beast hunter on from National Geographic, if anybody isn't familiar. Like the dude traveled around the world finding weird shit. So just one other thing to add to his book of Nicolas Cage owning one of his dinosaur egg discoveries. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was just it was a fully intact dinosaur nest with eggs in it. And he said it literally looked like something just walked away from it and never came back. And he said there's so much area in Mongolia that people have never even stepped that it's not uncommon to find shit like that if you're really exploring the deserts there. Wow, dude, that's pretty that's kind of dope. I I wouldn't have reported it. I would have fucking kept the eggs, man. See, and but he's a biologist. Was. So he was like, you know, he wants that's to true. go that's about true. it the proper way and stuff. And he, I'm sure at when he was doing that, he probably had a film crew with him. He was probably recording something. So it's like, you know, probably doesn't want to take the chance. Probably yeah. respects the the science too much of it you know considering yeah. he's a biologist <laughs> yeah honest men will stay honest you know well nicholas cage owns their dinosaur eggs <laughs> well <laughs> nicholas cage is not an honest man he's also half reptilian they're pr- probably his babies you know <laughs> i know how to take care of these eggs properly so they need to be in my care <laughs> have you heard the whole thing about nicholas cage with uh there's some 
those old pictures where they look just like him. And I mean, they could be some form of like deep fakes and shit like that. But I heard somebody do this like whole connection about how there's been these, uh, this specific like Baron through time that he like fits the same category, does the same shit and talks about how he was this person in his past life. And he just makes these like old connections and shit. Yes. Saying that this dude is Nicolas Cage now, but now he's gotten smart enough that he doesn't tell people about his past lives, but he does the same shit and he acts like it. And he does. He doesn't care about money because he knows that he's like, I'm just gonna come back on the next one. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, crazy out there conspiracy theory, but I always like to just bend your mind just a little bit to possibly think outside of the box. I mean, could be complete fucking bullshit, but still interesting all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were connecting, connecting it to like the um that this Baron guy was like a um a supposed vampire or something like that, right? Or Yep. That's what they're saying. That's another whole fucking thing, dude. People have their weird speculations on like vampires because of like popular culture. But realistically, you want to talk about creatures that have existed through time. There is more references to vampires and vampire encounters, I feel, than like any other fucking cryptid you could possibly imagine. Really? That shit goes back. Like the Sasquatch stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people present day having encounters and stuff. So that might be out out of the case. But as far as like old stuff goes, dude, there's so many goddamn vampire encounters or just bloodsucker encounters because it could also be just a matter of perception too because then you hear about you know all the elites with adrenochrome and all this and all that and it's mm-hmm. like mm, still it fits the vampire category like let's just be honest here because <laughs> vampires are drinking blood and staying useful i mean like maybe it wasn't necessarily that they were like a creature of the night maybe it was just these elites back in the day that were killing people and drinking their fucking blood and people created this folklore based on shit that we Clearly, know the elites are doing now to extract adrenochrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even they openly talk about it on fucking talk shows, and they're like, "Well, how do you look so good?" And then they talk about like I think what was it? It's it Sandra Bullock on Ellen, like I don't know, like a couple years ago, or whatever. And she's like, "Oh, I just take this thing and I inject it into my skin." And she goes, and Ellen's like, "What is it? What are you injecting into your skin?" And she goes, oh, well, like um." uh blood from a younger person and i was just like what you just said that are you straight up serious and she's like and then she had the thing and she showed her what she did with it and she just like injects it into her fucking face and i was just like what the fuck is happening on tv right now (laughs) dude that shit has been so underlined and everything for so long that it's not even funny dude like even just in tv shows and stuff there's so much so much uh like references to just adrenochrome. They may not necessarily use it by name, but it's like, it's obvious and it's there. And then you hear about all these like old stories about like, it was like a warrior custom that when you killed to killed something or killed somebody, you'd like rip out their adrenal gland and like chew on their adrenal gland. And you'd get this, like you get to speak to the gods after that, just crazy shit. So it's like the connections there. And I was even hearing something recently. I think it was China. They're saying it, that there's like a specific subsection of beef that they like try to, I, I, it was one of the Asian countries. I'm pretty sure it was China and I'm pretty sure it was cows, but it was some animal. People can look this up because I don't want to completely throw it off, but essentially just to leave the story as basic as possible. There's specific animals that they use for meat that they try to get into a high fear state because they say that it tastes better when it has the adrenaline flowing through the veins when they kill the animal. They said like it makes the flavor better. And like that's, that's something that they regularly do. So it's like, all right, that's there. Then you have these stories of the warriors having these experiences where they'd speak to the gods from chewing on adrenal glands. Uh And you also have these stories about fucking people chewing on like shark adrenal glands and stuff. It's like, it's all underlied. 
It's all like soft disclosure almost, you know? And then the other weird part about all the fucking woke movement now is you have like the maps and stuff like that. So they're all still trying to like make it normalized to be an older person hanging around kids. Like they're just setting it up to make it easy for themselves, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you also got uh, what the frazzle drip video that was on Anthony Weiner's fucking laptop that he denies was ever being there and got erased. And then, yeah, this uh, the map thing is is fucked um we don't even have to call them maps we'll just call them pedos yeah pedophiles <laughs> they don't yeah. deserve a name that doesn't sound bad they should just yeah. be called straight pedos or pedophiles yeah. we'll just call them like i see them <laughs> yeah and they and now they're trying to uh make pedophilia uh, um like a non-felony so and that you don't have to after like a certain amount of time you don't have to register anymore bro as a society we need to stop normalizing mental illness. Like for real, you know, people, of course, like if you have depression, you have something like that, like you, you know, get, do what you got to do, get your help, man. Like some people go through traumatic experiences, like they need that kind of stuff, but then there's just this out there subcategory of people. And it's just like their mental illness doesn't need to be normalized. And you don't need to be told like, Oh, it's okay. Like, no, bro, there's seriously something fucking mentally wrong with you. If you would ever even consider touching a child, like, you're a fucked up individual and you don't deserve to live. I'm sorry, but by no means of the word, man, if you're into kids and you think that kids are attractive, like, no, you just, you shouldn't be living on this planet. Let's just put it, put it nicely without being too, too violent about it. I am 100% with you on that. I also heard, um, a couple years ago that California had a bill that, um, was lowering the, um, uh, the consent age to 11. It would be California. California doesn't even count as part of the United States anymore. They're just, <laughs> no, fuck they're them. off in their own fucking world, man. <laughs> fuck them. They're not even blue anymore. They're like fucking just, they're out of space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't even consider them liberal, like a liberal state anymore. I just, they're just, they're new world order state. That essentially Everybody talks now. about the, uh, you know, San Andreas fault line. Everybody yeah. else from America, bro, just needs to go over to that fault line and start kicking as hard as possible. If we just do it enough and long enough, man, we'll just break off California. They can go off, be their own island nation somewhere. Yes. Keep their yeah. views themselves. Nobody fucking wants them. <laughs> you guys can keep Hollywood, too. Nobody wants that bullshit anymore, yeah. either. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all. We, we, we don't need Hollywood to make movies, you know what I mean? They don't even make movies in Hollywood anymore. Oh, shit. What did I just hit? <laughs> See, everything's going back to, like, niche creators man because nobody likes the stuff that's meant for everybody everybody likes something that like fits what they're into that's why like youtube tiktok podcasts like all this kind of stuff is getting to be so popular it's becoming the main form of entertainment because again people want something that's meant for them people like their niche when you try to make something that's universal for everybody you want to making it so that nobody likes it (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly um, and all these fucking uh, remakes, dude, like, dude, just make a movie about something unique. Like, stop trying to, like, bring back old stories. It's like, I'm just I'm sick of it. Or if you're going to bring back old stories, bring back the really old shit that really deserves some type of like depiction of it. You know, like the Epic of Gilgamesh, bro. Like, there's no fucking Epic of Gilgamesh movie. Dante's <laughs> Inferno. There's yeah. no yeah. good Dante's Inferno movie. Why in the fucking world are we in 2023 and not one studio has said dante's inferno let's fucking do it you know how much goddamn money you make off that movie dude like Mm. bring back 
not the classics, like the 70s classics. Bring back like the classic fucking literature shit. That's all the yes. good stuff. Man. Like there's a whole gold cove that these people are missing out on, man. Mm-hmm. Like literally anybody would go see Dante's Inferno. You know how it's fucking insane and sick that movie would be? Especially yeah. if like a big budget company did it. Yeah. They just made every layer of hell like Dude, don't even just do Dante's Inferno. Make the Divine Comedy, man. Make him go. Make a three movie part series. I'm giving Hollywood ideas right now, so there better be some executives out there fucking listening. I want to see Dante's Inferno. I want to see fucking the other two parts of the Divine Comedy. I'm brain farting on the name of them right now, but essentially Purgatory in Heaven. Like, let's fucking do that shit. Like three yes. part movies. There you go, right there. Everybody likes making series. Divine Comedy. <laughs> let's fucking go. Um, I do. That'd be amazing if they would actually get their heads out of their asses and make something fucking good. Um, I'm also sick of the CGI shit because you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's definitely fake. And I don't like like when they made remade Ninja Turtles. And I was just like, fuck me, dude. What the fuck? I like, like the 90s ones. I was yeah. talking about this shit last night, dude, about how I no love shit. practical effects so much more than CGI. Yes. Like, it looks cheesy to some people. But at the same time, though, it's like it's more... It's, it's, physical. it's yeah, physical. It's like physical. The actors can touch it. You know what and I mean? You even had to take the time to make that shit work. You know, like if you want to do CGI of a creature and then it gets shot and it spits a bunch of blood in you everywhere, you know, you can just do that on a computer. You know, if you're making your creature feature back in the 80s or you're trying to do like practical effects, you have to make that creature costume, which is fucking sick to begin with. Like, why wouldn't you not want to do that and be able to keep that forever? As like yeah. the director or the writer, like keep the fucking suit of your monster. But then on top of that, you have to figure out like how to make the blood shoot in a specific way. Like there's so much more time and effort put into it that we're getting to a point as a society where we just pick the easy route out instead of doing it the way that is the better. It, it takes more skill to do it. Like we're getting to a point where it's like you don't need skills to produce anything anymore because we're just like CGI computers. We're like pushing everything to every all AI, all that bullshit. Oh it's God, all doing AI. everything for us. And we're taking away skills in the process and people are seeing it as like oh we're making our lives easier but it's like yeah but you're also losing skills in the process so what's more valuable the Mm -hmm. fact that you're saving time or the fact that you know you aren't developing you get real skills you know how to do some shit you know how to make fucking fake blow you know how to make cgi you know or you know you know how to do all that kind of shit not cgi but (laughs) like it, it just takes so much more effort and there's so much more to it and in turn by doing that it's like i almost feel like you're more passionate about it because you did take all the time and effort to do that and you had to figure out the puzzle of how to make it dynamically work for like a person moving in a costume or getting shot or something like uh-huh. there's more to it it's more skill it's like it looked goofier but i have so much more respect for the old practical effects directors versus like the cgi people now yes same same and i miss i also miss the um like puppet stuff too like dark crystal and fucking the labyrinth, labyrinth. and shit like that dude that was fucking uh when i was a kid i was like dude this shit's do- they're fucking creepy as fuck but it's fucking dope to watch when i especially when i was a kid i mean now it's not so much but um like the yeah. old star wars too before they went back and re-cgi'd everything yeah. like you can't even find the original star wars but that shit no was you can't oh, fucking puppets no, that shit was great stupid um but yeah no i i just uh, the one with the what the fuck is the one with the ewoks episode six episode six yeah so i freaking that was the jedi yeah when i was a kid that was my favorite one just because of the ewoks (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you episode five for me because of fucking boba fett and uh, the whole like fight scene in Hoth in the beginning and shit oh episode Uh, five yeah that's the best that was um the movie that when I realized that I was a heterosexual. 
<laughs> when I saw print, uh, Carrie Fisher fucking wearing almost nothing sitting next to um, um, Job of the Hut. Yes, that that guy. <laughs> and I was episode like, six. Yep. Oh, that's episode six. That's the beginning of episode six. Because oh, they're that's, that's on Jabba's barge in the middle of Tatooine. Because yeah. episode five leads off with the Carbonite, where they freeze Han Solo in the Carbonite. Oh, and yes. they take him and Leia. And then, yeah, he's frozen in there, yeah. and Leia's essentially a sex slave. <laughs> Supposed yeah. to be a sex slave. And, yeah, that's where that one starts off. So, yeah, beginning yeah. of episode six. Yeah. yeah. I watched that probably when I was, like, six. And uh, I, which is weird. And I was just like, hey, I like that lady right there. You know <laughs> what I mean? I was like, she's got like nothing on. Actually, I might have been like eight, but still same thing. I was just like, oh, wow. Look at her. Dude, I'm pretty sure I did that with uh, Dark Crystal or not Dark Crystal, uh, the Labyrinth, the chick that was the older sister in that. When I was like fucking six, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> Not that she had anything crazy going on or anything, but just that whole like, I don't know, the demeanor of that movie. And then Jennifer... the chick going through like the labyrinth and shit. It's just like Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about heartthrobs though? And we'll we'll change the topic on this one because this is probably isn't like the typical shit you talk about on your show, but fucking eighty stuff. The chick from the Lost Boys. Yes. One. I've never seen her in anything else though. She oh. was in a, a TV show with um fuck I can't remember the name but she was in a TV show for a while too but that was like her other side thing that she did but just as a kid you know being into all this like weird phenomenon and shit and then you watch the movies about like vampires and all the different creatures because I mean that's the base of why all of us essentially got into this shit is because we're just for fascinated sure. by bizarre stories so mm-hmm. we're watching all this shit but in the process of it you know you see see those people and you're just like ooh and then <laughs> it really kind of sets the pace going forward. Um, yeah. Like what you were saying, like, yeah, you, I knew I was straight when I was watching The Lost Boys, and I was just like, damn, I can't stop looking at that chick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I always thought it was weird just to, like, um, go into, like, uh, conspiratorial, like, uh, demolishing our society. I always thought it was weird about that movie that they played during the sex scene. They played Cry Little Sister. So it's, like, basically, like you're talking to your it made me feel like he was having sex with his sister that was very bad place song for that like they had such a great soundtrack for that fucking album or for that movie that like Uh that was (laughs) that's weird and again connecting in with what we were talking about to try to bring this back around to make it sound like it's relevant to the conversation vampires cry little sister we're talking about blood sucking and somebody subcon they're subconsciously like trying to get doing something subconscious i mean fuck you're, you're you're watching a sex scene you're hearing little sister little sister little sister yes like a like a mantra you know <laughs> you're, yes you're hearing but you're enjoying the song but your your subconscious is thinking about your little sister while you're watching the sex scene <laughs> yes yeah that's that that's where that's what i found like super odd like well back then when i first watched it it didn't matter to me and i do the song is good I'll that's because you... as a six-year-old you're just you're just watching the sex scene low-key yeah <laughs> <laughs> i used to watch fucking uh, i used to watch Le- lethal weapon 2 for the fucking sex scene when the chick's tits would come out at like 10 and tw- <laughs> between 10 and 12 and i was just like and i'd pause it and then i'd like look around make sure nobody's like watching because it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and my my parents bedroom was right there and i'm like like you know slowly like Play pause, plays pause, plays pause. <laughs> Millennial problems. <laughs> you want to talk? You remember back when the DVD remotes used to have the A and B, where you could like 
watch a scene and hit A, B, and then it would just like recycle back through that. Yeah, yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was always really, really good for those quick moments when it would like show the monster and then they disappear. Yes. Or a good set of tits. (laughs) Yes. 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 That was that was my favorite childhood pastime was looking at boobies. Because, well, yes, in movies. I never got to see them in person until I was old, much older. Well, as a kid, you got to play it off. You got to be like, Mom, I'm just watching a movie. It's just part of it. I can't help it. <laughs> rewind, 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 rewind. <laughs> my, first, uh, my first ever girlfriend in high school used to freaking, whenever there was um, tits on on a movie we'd watch and she'd cover my eyes. And I remember sitting in her living room um watching a movie i think it was sin city um and the like the the lesbian detective or whatever is like in her kitchen with her tits out and fucking my girlfriend just like threw her hand over my face and her mother would happen to be standing right behind us and she's like they're just tits <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you it's the childish aspect in me but ever since i was a kid and i still do it now if any boobs come on the screen i gotta yell boogies <laughs> dude i'll still i'll be dead ass be in the movie theater and i'll do that shit or i'll be watching some like serious like horror movie or like some drama with my girlfriend as soon as there's boobs on the screen i'm like <laughs> you know we talk about bizarre encounters after dark on bizarre encounters today we're doing uh where the weird ones are after dark uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> what uh what young boys would do back in the late 90s early 2000s before the internet was as prevalent as it was with yes. the content that it's prevalent with <laughs> yes 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 actually uh, uh, speaking about the internet i was in fifth grade and i was on the computer and i happened to type in i just i don't know why but i was just like mickeymouseclub.com right i typed that in and then it's just like black chicks fucking naked and fucking each other with dildos and i was just like whoa what the fuck is this and i was like got up and i ran to the living room i was like mom there's something wrong with the computer (laughs) and she comes in and then it was just like it was just like a fucking pop-up after pop-up of tits and vaginas and she's like oh my god get out of here and i was just like what is happening devil like i was innocently looking up the mickey mouse club and then i just got a shit ton of porn (laughs) Dude, you should have brought up like meatspin.com and been like, Mom, there's something wrong with the computer. <laughs> Dude, do you remember uh, steak and cheese? No, and I'm glad I don't. I'm sure I'm glad I don't because I'm glad I don't remember most of the shit. <laughs> oh, man, because like uh, steak and cheese or yeah, steak and cheese.com was like a YouTube, but it was for fucked up shit. That was the first time I ever saw a transgender. Uh, um, So I was like. 14 15 and we were watching fucking weird ass videos and it was just like this girl dancing and i was just like oh okay and she's like in a, in a tight bra- uh, black dress and the like the videos like panning down going lower and lower as she's like dancing around and then you just see like ball sack hanging out of her dress and we were like <laughs> i hit the wrong button i was trying to hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like i was like whoa because my buddy i think my buddy knew We'll still fuck your life a ding dong. So it's still fit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, he's looking at me as I'm watching it because I'm standing up and I'm just like, I was like, all right, this is a woman. Yeah, she's dancing. What is she going to do? And then I see the ball sack. I was like, whoa. And he's just like, ha, ha, ha. 
I never want to go to Thailand. <laughs> yes, you know. See, I was one of those people. It's like, you know, always be a conspiracy theory. People would be like, hey, do this. I'd be like, no. no. <laughs> so, like, people would be like, go on Penn Island. Go to meatspin.com. Go to fucking DetroitHardcore.com. And I'd be like, Look up no. Blue Waffle. Yeah, look up Blue Waffle. No. <laughs> no, thank you. How about you just tell me what it is, and yeah. I don't actually have to see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yo, you like crystals? Do you like healing crystals? Do you like candles? Are you into energy healing and cleansing your mind, body, and soul? Bro. Head on over to Etsy.com slash shop slash heal with Christina. You won't be disappointed. I promise you. She's got amazing, amazing uh, handcrafted crystals, custom made, some of them. Um, so you should definitely check her out. Uh, she's an amazing person. She's an amazing friend. All she wants to do is help people. She wants to heal people. And she's just here just shining her light and it's fucking bright it's a bright ass light uh so again if you're into healing crystals and whatnot you're spiritual you got to go check her store out again that's etsy.com slash shop slash heal with christina um upon checkout uh enter the coupon code weird125 you get 25 percent off so Please show her some love and check her out. She goes by Heal with Christina on Instagram, so you can connect with her there too. So, yeah. Check it out. Anyways, <laughs> um, so ghosts, you know, ghosts, they're, they're kind of scary. <laughs> so about them fucking ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said... Um, that you and your girlfriend uh, would like do urban, like, what did you call it? Urban, urban exploring or urban exploring. What made you guys like be like, let's start doing like, like, let's, were you doing that before you guys got together or did you just decide to do it together? Well, I'm trying to think about how it exactly had placed. And I'm like, why we even started doing it in the first place. I know the first place we went to together was Eloise Asylum. And uh, honestly, I think it honest it started off from us just trying to like find like haunted locations just to go to for fun, you know. And you always have like the roads where it's like, oh, you'll see a a woman on the side of the road, you'll see this on the side of the road. And we were like going to those places, and it's like we never never experienced anything. So I think it was just like one of those two birds, one stone. We're like, you know, we want to look into these like paranormal weird locations, but at the same time though, like you know, if this is an abandoned building, we still got something to do and look at anyways, even if you don't find nothing. So it's like the first one we went to was Eloise Asylum. And they I think they turned this into like a haunted house now, like an actual like, you know, like Halloween haunted house, not like a get a tour of like a haunted place kind of haunted house, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that place, we ended up only getting into like the one little black back building because they had like fences over all of the windows. But somebody like cut a hole out. We had to slide through this like tiny little fucking hole and shit. And uh, we hear like weird crashing and stuff like that in there, but no, I don't want to say it was necessarily anything like paranormal, even though it's supposed to be a pretty haunted location. But yeah. one weird thing that I never got to go back to that I still question about to this day, just because it's just it's weird. We went to that place and there was like stairs going down in this lower area. 
But when you went down there, it was middle of winter that we went. There's so much water that froze that like it was, you know, you could see the doorway, but it was like this much. And then the rest was water frozen underneath. So I was just like, what's down there? Like, why mm. the fuck is that all frozen? That doesn't even make fucking sense. Like it wasn't, it was like winter, but it wasn't like that cold of winter that there should be like fucking five feet of fucking ice on right there, you know? Yes. But yeah, that place ne- never really had anything too crazy ever happen there. Um, and then we went to Northville, of course. That was our main place that we went to most of the time. And then the other cool place we went to was the Detroit House of Corrections. And we never really had anything like super crazy or weird happen there. But the only really kind of weird thing that happened there was we were in this. Um, they had like the main prison, you know, where they had like the generic like sliding doors, small prison cells. And then they had this other setup in the back where it was like the main courtyard. And then they had like a like like it almost looked like two dorms on either side. Like it wasn't like a normal. It's was, it was probably like 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 the lower you know, people that, that got in trouble for just minor shit, you know, not like yeah. hardcore killers, stuff like that. Like it was still enclosed in, it was still a fence, but it was almost set up like dormitories, you know, where it's like you could walk in and out and assumably like the doors would close at night, but it was like, you can hang out in the dormitory. There was like a hangout area in the front and then you go outside and hang and do whatever, play, play basketball, do whatever the fuck you want to do. So we're in one of those places and the one on the one side didn't really give us any weird vibes or anything like that. And then we went to the one on the other side and we just kind of felt this like dark kind of like weird, heavy feeling. We're just like, you know, I'm just uncomfortable in here. Like, I don't know. There's just something weird about here. Like, I don't feel like we should be in here. Right. So we go to leave and this fucking bird just like flies in and it fucking like hits this fucking desk and like ends up like in the desk drawer. We're just like, what the fuck? Like it scared (laughs) the living shit out of all of us. Like this thing just like flew in and just like fucking hit the desk and ended up in the drawer. And we're like, what, why, what the hell? Like, did he kill itself? Is it dead? Like, what the fuck happened? So, like, we, like, tried to, like, wiggle the drawer and, like, nothing happened. And then she fucking, I think somebody, like, kicked the desk and this bird, like, flew the fuck back out. And it was a black, um, I don't know specifically what type of bird it was. It wasn't, like, a crow or anything like that. It wasn't, like, a raven, but it was definitely, like, an all black, like, smaller bird. And, uh, yeah, we we're just all, we're like, all right, that's time to leave. That was kind of <laughs> weird. But, yeah, I think those were, those are the main three places that we went to. But Northville was the primary main one. And just to throw in another weird story of Northville uh, pertaining to my possible encounter there, uh, part of the reason why they ended up tearing the place down was because there was random deaths that happened there. (gasps) And there was two random deaths where people fell down the elevator shafts, as they said it. But coming from somebody that used to explore that place regularly, like the elevator doors, for the most part, were all like closed and sealed shut. And there was a couple floors where the doors were open, but they Mm. were open like at most maybe like six inches so nobody was falling down there like somebody shoved themselves in there or something cough cough pushed them down there (laughs) fuck but that's why the cops started watching that place hard where it's like there was like a like a like a lot like a courtyard in the back Uh and like we parked back away and went through the woods and shit so it's like nobody knew we were there and we, we were smart about it. We'd put all of our shit in a backpack. We were like all black and everything. And when I say we kept our shit in the backpack, I mean, like we had like supplies for doing this shit. So the intention is you leave all that shit in a backpack. And then if you ever get caught, you just ditch the backpack somewhere and you know, somebody's coming. And then it just looks like, oh, you know, we, we just walked up. We're just checking it out. So it's not as like incriminating as like, you know, you're sitting there and you have fucking like wire cutters and fucking <laughs> all the shit that looks like you're trying to break into the fucking place, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'd sit, we'd 
look over into the fucking courtyard and like cops would just roll in there and sit. And everybody thought that was a good spot to park, dude. So it was hilarious, dude. We watched so many people that would come into that building and they'd park there and the cop cars would just pull up behind them and just sit on the back of their cars and just wait. And we'd be up on like the eighth floor, like looking over on the roof, like, oh, these poor motherfuckers. And just, <laughs> you have no choice. They're sitting on the back of your car. Like you're just, you're going to walk out and you're going to get busted. That's that. Like there were yeah. so many goddamn times, dude, that we watched the cops come and like arrest people while we we're like up on the higher floors, like peeking out the window, like, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, why would you park in the courtyard next to a police station? Like there was literally like another hospital, like down the street. that was like maybe like a 10 minute walk in busy ass parking lot. Like any logically thinking person is like, all right, I'm going to sneak into this place. Maybe I should go on the lot where nobody would ever even recognize my car is there versus mm-hmm. like, I'm the only fucking one parked in this entire campus. <laughs> like obviously somebody's <laughs> fucking there. Like if the cops just drive through the little road that was in there, like they, they would have bust anybody that parked in there. Like it was obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people, man, some people I freaking um, I used to try, well, I guess I didn't used to try and get into this building, but it, uh, me and my buddy were throwing rocks at this abandoned. It used to be a school and they were getting ready to tear it down. We decided to start throwing rocks and then it wasn't, well, actually, so listen, before we did this, we were walking down the street and there was somebody walking down the street in front of us, but we thought it was really like, they looked weird and we're like, Hey, and they didn't turn around and they just kept walking. And we're like, we're like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? It was like fucking midnight. We're like, Hey, what are you doing out here? And it was like this big freaking, um, uh, little like a uh, section of woods in it was surrounded by you know the town like it's just like this it's like it's a they converted into a park now they removed a bunch of trees so like you could see through it now where it's not so like like gloomy and and shit inside there but and they like made like little walking trails in there but at this time when i so i was like 15 and i was we were just like hey what are you doing and um so we start walking and then all of a sudden the person's gone and we're like what the fuck was that (laughs) <laughs> so like I was I thought it was a ghost this whole time and we come and we're still walking down the street and I'm just like I was like we were like 10 feet away from this person right before we came around this like it, and it wasn't like a hard corner it was just like a slight corner but it was still like trees and bushes so I almost wonder if this person just was like I'm gonna dip into these woods so I don't have to fucking encounter these fucking two dudes or whatever. Or it was a fucking ghost walking down the street and it just wasn't acknowledging us because it couldn't hear us. You know what I mean? It's existing in another dimension altogether. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, so uh, probably like 50 to 100 feet was the school. And then we walk around the back of it and my buddy's just like, let's throw fucking rocks through the windows. So we start throwing rocks through the windows and some dude fucking comes up to us and with a fucking huge ass like um, machete. <laughs> no it was like it was like i i it looks like an e like a, a fucking small dagger from like egypt it had like this weird curve and do it oh, or the whatever sabers? yeah something like that and he's just holding he's holding it out he's like get the fuck on the ground and we look at him and i look at my buddy and i go i'm not getting the fuck on the ground and you ain't my no cop you got a fucking sword <laughs> yeah and my buddy's like i'm not getting on the fucking ground and he's like get the fuck on the ground and my buddy just fucking all of a sudden i just hear and i turn and he's fucking running and i was like well i guess i'm fucking running so i start running and he's chasing us my buddy goes this way and i ended up going this way because 
you know, when you have somebody chasing you with a fucking weapon, you want to disperse. So like they, they either... got to pick to kill one of you guys. <laughs> exactly. So not both of us gets fucked up. So I start running uh, towards my buddy Nick's house. And I think my the buddy that I was with fucking ran towards my dad's house. And I stop and I'm just like, I'm catching my breath and I'm like, fuck. And I'm walking and I'm looking behind me and I then I just stop and I put my hands on my knees and then I just hear behind me and I thought it was my buddy and I turn around and it's that guy and he's running. He's like, you motherfucker. And I was like, why me? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> crazy ass crackheads, bro. That's what that is. Yeah, that's exactly Dude, what it was. Must live in abandoned schools because this just reminded me of another story, bro. Northville also had a school there, right? Yeah. And I didn't ever actually saw this person, but it's still a bizarre encounter all the same, bro. You go into the school, everything's old, decrepit, beat to shit, right? And we just walked into this back room and uh, there was a fucking desk that somebody had like a sleeping bag on top of and then a bunch of fucking, you know, needles sitting there. And then there was like tampons and deodorant. We're like, oh, crackheads living here. (laughs) They're clearly a drug addict, so we should probably uh, not be in this building. (laughs) That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I do have one other bizarre, weird encounter. If uh, you wanted to hear it, Tom yeah. talks about it all the fucking time because he loves hearing reptilian stories. And uh, I do have one reptilian story. <laughs> all right, hold on, real quick. Let me. I wanted to ask you this question. Um, have other than like that time that you guys saw the shadow figure that your uh, girlfriend was just like, I'm just gonna act like you're not here. Um, have you ever accidentally brought anything back home with you other than that one one particular incident? Uh, not from Northville, no. Um, I mean, I feel like regularly, like things attach to you. It's just a matter of like what their intentions are, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, but not necessarily from like any type of like paranormal investigation or anything. Um, I used to talk about it a while ago on the show, like when I first started up my show and everything. Um, I used to like astro travel when I was a kid. But I didn't really like understand what the hell was happening. And I used to see shadow people like regularly. And I had this one that had green eyes that always used to like overlook and like watch over me and shit like that. It was fucking weird. But uh, like I have a full like background of like shadow people experiences. And actually, just to continue on with that story, I was saying, I think that happened that same night. I hadn't really told my girlfriend about all the like weird astro traveling shit I used to do when I was a kid. And again, I believe it was the same night we saw the shadow person. But I'm up in bed watching TV. She's sleeping next to me. And I hear a crash on the stairs. And she fucking springs up. And she's like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I just got pushed on the stairs by something. And I was like, yeah, I heard something fall down the stairs. And we went out there and like looked and we didn't see shit. And then I was like, all right, I feel like I need to have a talk with you about something. Because when I used to astro travel when I was a kid, I used to do this like weird shit where it was weird because I was still like within our reality to the point where it was like, I'd freak my friends out. Cause I'd be like, I'd astro travel like my friend's houses and shit when I was like a teenager and stuff. And I'd like describe how they were sleeping and shit like that. And they it came off. I'm sure really fucking creepy <laughs> bet, people, you yeah. know, looking in windows and shit, but just like, I, I would do it for just like close friends and stuff like that, just to like test this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And I was always fucking right. And on point on it. And yeah, it was just weird, man. Like, I would just travel into somewhere else, and I'd always come back and get sleep paralysis right after. So I kind of developed this whole idea that I think that sleep paralysis is your consciousness, like, re-downloading back into your body. Kind of like when you start up a computer, it needs that that warm-up, especially with the old computers. I guess 
people nowadays with new computers, they start up just as fast as you hit the fucking button. But, you mm-hmm. know, we used to have the old desktop setups with the fucking tan computers. So everybody knows what we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. you'd start those things up and it's like, it's like fucking 15 minutes later, you can finally use it. Yeah. That's, that was kind of my idea with it is I think you're like consciousness leaves your body and then comes back. And that's when you experience sleep paralysis is when you're like re-downloading back in and you're not like re-fully connected back to your spirit, to your like physical body. Yeah. But just to throw in another weird part of this whole story, um, when I used to look at my arms, particularly this one time when I was like in that state, my I didn't see my normal hands. My arms were like all black. And the best way to describe it is, you know, those people that get like the solid black tattoos. Yes. Where it's like the skin fleshy color still that's what my hands looked like my both my because you can only see your arms because you know if you look in a mirror you can't see anything mm-hmm. but if you're looking down at your arms it would just look like all solid black like it was fucking weird dude it was almost like <laughs> now i'm starting to question it because i never really connect two and two together on this one <laughs> it was like when you astro travel bro could you theoretically be the shadow people is that what the experiences are and yeah. maybe more people that astro travel. And if there is anybody else out there that's listening to this that astro travels, look at your fucking arms and tell me if they're all blacked out. And if they are, maybe we can start connecting some shit that maybe all these shadow people phenomenon that people see, or at least or part of us. it, not all of it, but part of it might yeah. literally be people astro traveling. Yeah. So uh speaking of shadow people, I literally just had an experience this week. I'm not going to talk about it on my show. I'll wait till next week when we're on your show. So when, (laughs) um, yeah, so, um, it was fucking, it was really weird. And I'll tell you why, um, when we record next week for your show. So, but yeah, it fucking scared the shit out of me and I've been waiting to go on somebody's show to talk about it. (laughs) Well, you didn't pick a better person because I've done so much goddamn research on shadow people. And honestly, though, if there's any phenomenon that I've seen firsthand more than anything, mm-hmm. it's shadow people. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. good for that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, well, like I told you on when I was on Bizarre Encounters, I've, I've seen shadow people my entire life, and I still do to this day. Obviously, I just saw one this week, but, um, but yeah, so. Dude, kind of a weird thing that I've thought about, and I talked to uh, Mike Rickseckler. I had him on the show like a long fucking time ago. It was like in the first like 20 episodes, but he wrote a book called A Walk in the Shadows, which is basically like a, a guide to like shadow people and shit. Mm-hmm. And he kind of described that sometimes people view these things differently. And the theory that I kind of suggested to him, and I don't know how exactly how, how he picked it up or whatever, but... You know, obviously women can see more colors than men do because they have more cones in their eyes. It's a natural thing that developed. And this is this is the type of shit I'm into. So I, I'm going to yeah. say this and then it's hopefully it doesn't come out the wrong way to the wrong person. But yeah. speaking from like how history has played itself out, like usually men typically would have been the hunter gatherers. And then the women were the ones that were or the men were the hunters and then the women's were the gatherers. So the men got physical got good at shit like that because we were the ones hunting down the creatures to eat and then yeah. the women they developed more cones in their eyes because they were the ones that were looking for berries different things like that foraging and if you you know pick this berry you could die if you pick this berry it's delicious and you're gonna live and the only difference is a slight little bit of red color difference you know so like women developed more cones in their eyes so that they could differentiate these things and you know not 
not be end up killing people and stuff with you know giving people the wrong food like you hear about this shit with like the amanitas because there's like the one that's kind of red and the one's other red but that's a whole other thing but yeah uh, getting it back into the shadow people thing it seems like uh, i've heard of a few cases where there'll be like a man and a woman that'll see quote shadow person but the guy will see it as the dark shadow and the girl will see it as like a light figure so I mean, this may not be universal across the board. It may depend on people's eyes, but I'm kind of wondering if, on average, guys tend to see shadow people more where girls tend to see ghosts more because of the development of the eye types. Because guys' eyes are less developed with colors, so our eyes might just fill this thing in as all black, where a girl's eyes has more ability to see different colors and stuff, so they might actually reset these things and pick them up a little bit more physical than we do. That actually makes sense. Uh, uh, going off on that, so um, my ex-wife and I had this uh, comforter, uh, <clears throat> and it was like my favorite one to like cover up because it wasn't like a it wasn't like for our bed. It it was a comforter kind of of a blanket, but it wasn't like a big like I would say. I guess it would be it was the like exclusive a th- teenagers blankets. Yeah, you used to just take those really nice comforters, and you wouldn't tuck in the sheet or anything and you just curl up in a fucking comforter and use it as a blanket yeah or like think... the thinner ones no no it was just small like in like like a like twin corner comforter? corner yeah it was like it was almost like a throw but it was comforter like material you know what i mean that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah and i used to use it on the on, on the couch and <laughs> and i thought this the entire time we had it i thought it was white and my ex-wife was like it's green i was like no it's fucking white. We used to argue about it every day. And then like people would like people would be over our house and they're like, what color is this? Is this uh blanket? And it's you was usually women. And they're like, that's green. And I'm like, no, the fuck it's not. It's fucking white. But it's like tinted like a slight green, like a like a mint color kind of. So it's like very subtle green. Um, and it took me like the longest time to like really be able to like hone in on the tint of it and be like, like register it. Yeah. But like for like years, it was years. I'm like, this fucking blanket is white. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The w- women can see colors a lot better. I feel like every guy has some type of color that like fucks with his eyes. But the matter is that most guys have no line of or have, have no standard of preference or of a comparison so it's like they don't necessarily know that they see the color fucked up but i've noticed it with myself just pointing stuff out to people like oh that that's this color that there's certain shades of brown and green that my eyes mix up oh really Mm -hmm. i think every guy has one but it's just a matter of again having like a means of comparison to actually realize that you're seeing a color fucked up and sometimes it just takes your girlfriend like redescribing colors but sometimes that's hard to exactly figure out, though, because a girl will see a blue and go, oh, that's turquoise. A guy will see a blue and say, that's fucking blue. They'll see 10 different shades and he'll go, that's blue. Yeah. Girls will be like, this is this. This is peacock. This is this. <laughs> my, my daughter is like my daughter. She's like, I want to paint my room. I was like, well, what do you want to paint your room? And she's like, I'd like to do uh, pink. And I go, all right. And she's like, not like pink, though. Like, I think soft pink. And I was like, what the fuck is soft pink? Pink is fucking pink. It's either bright pink or it's like flat pink. Like, yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. And then we, I was like, all right, well, we'll just go choose the color. And we're going through 
through them and i shit you not there's a color called soft pink and i was like no fucking shit well dude those things are fucking ridiculous though they have paints that are called like shark fin like yeah they can just make them whatever the fuck they want (laughs) oh shit um all right so i am now ready for your reptilian story if you would be so kindly able to um tell that story um i just wanted to get like that question out of the way before i uh forgot because i tend to forget i tend (laughs) to forget a lot (laughs) so i mean this one isn't a super long story um this happened during the pandemic and everything Mm -hmm. and this was like originally when i first started off my podcast and i was just ranting and raving about shit out in public because that was just kind of how the the atmosphere was at the time you know (laughs) yeah and uh there's one day i'm at myers and we're in the checkout line like the self-scan lines and i'm talking to gabby and i'm just ranting about fucking reptilians and shit right and i end up turning back and there's this woman who's looking at me in line like direct eye contact like staring at me right and she ends up grabbing her mask and she pulls it down and when she pulls her mask down i don't want to say like it was the straight like reptilian face but it was still like the human face, but you could see like scales underneath it. Like uh-huh. the best way to describe it is just like it was more like um, I don't say necessarily like reptilian, but more like a like a dragon kind of like skin texture. But it was like underlying under her face, and she pretty much was staring at me, pulls her mask down. I see that, and then she pulls her mask up, and then turns back and pretends like she never did anything in the first place. And I took that as a, like, shut the fuck up. We're right here. Yeah. That shit creeped me the fuck out, dude. And ever since then, it's like, people can say what they want about fucking reptilians. They can say, oh, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Even though there's ridiculous amounts of ancient cultures talking about these, like, reptilian fucking beings. So, like, clearly there's there's some type of base to this. Mm -hmm. But... People, when it comes to the reptilians, they want to imagine the whole like, oh, they're stealing people's skin or it sounds ridiculous when you're using it from like that aspect. But at least for me, what makes more sense, and I feel like this is something that is commonplace also going into like Sasquatch lore, is that I think that there's these specific beings that have like telekinetic abilities. And I definitely think that humans possess that capability, but just because we've deterred ourselves so far away from nature we rely on tech instead of actually using our natural abilities, such as like animals know it's going to fucking rain before it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. I feel like humans did at one point too, but now because we're so washed out using like weather apps, shit like that, we, um, you know, we just lost those abilities along the way. But when it comes to like telekinetic abilities, I think that part of what that is, is that you can change your image to something else. Mm. You are still yourself. You're not physically transitioning or changing mm-hmm. but what you're doing is you're basically portraying an image of what you look like to the other things that are around you and i mean this could even fit into the whole like werewolf lore thing where people are transforming into werewolves it may not be that they're actually transforming into werewolves but they're projecting a telekinetic ability that makes it so people see them as werewolves mm. and again connecting what i was saying into the whole sasquatch thing if these Sasquatch potentially do have some type of kinetic telekinetic ability, which again, sounds completely fucking woo woo, but there's a lot of <clears throat> very specific abilities only certain animals in nature have. And they sound crazy and woo woo until you actually discover them, such as fucking chameleons changing colors, the fucking 
um, octopus changing colors, like yeah. completely learning how to camouflage themselves. Yeah. So people talk about the interdimensional Bigfoot, and I don't necessarily. I mean, I always like to entertain the possibility because it's like you don't know for sure. But for me, in my mind, it makes more sense that everybody obviously talks about the interdimensional shit and they talk about these like mind speak and all this like weird stuff that Sasquatch does and seems to have these like abilities to project frequencies and do just different things like that. I don't think they're necessarily like portal walkers, but I think that when people have those scenarios where they just disappear in front of them, Mm -hmm. they're not actually disappearing. They're still standing there. It's just a matter of they're using this ability that, again, I think humans also have, but we've deterred away from it and basically blocking themselves out standing in front of you. And I feel like a lot of these like creatures that transition aren't necessarily like physically changing their form into these things, but they have this ability to make you see what they want you to see. And going into the whole fucking skinwalker thing too, just connecting a bunch of dots on this one, the skinwalkers were the medicine men, like I was saying. So they already are in that spiritual wavelength so, like, I feel like it sounds a lot more believable to use a telekinetic ability to hide yourself as an animal, as a skinwalker, you know, than to actually, like, change your physical form. Like, I, I think this is a common thing amongst mm-hmm. a lot of things, but it's one of those things that the creatures on this planet that have that are have been using it for years, so they're so good at it that we haven't discovered it because they're so good at using it. And that would be like a perfect defense too. Cause I mean, realistically looking at nature, things adapt if they're put into a scenario where they need to adapt. So if you have humans that are destroying the planet, they're taking everything over, they're cutting down trees, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like the most logical ability that any animal could ever adapt to be able to stay alive. I mean, anywhere in nature is camouflage. So if it's a more intelligent creature, something that isn't just like a typical animal, but maybe something that's a little bit closer to like our line. Like why wouldn't they develop some type of natural ability to basically cloak themselves away from humans? Mm. And I mean, government looks into telekinetic abilities. You know, there's, there's so much behind this that it's not just some woo woo thing that people are talking about in like on spiritual podcasts, like the U S government looks into telekinetic abilities. They try to do astral travel to like figure out, what secret weapons other people are hiding on their bases and shit. So it's like, this is fully yeah. researched, man. like telekinetic abilities. I firmly believe exist. So why is it so such a ridiculous concept to think that all of these creatures that we can't quite catch aren't, aren't using these abilities. That's why you can't quite catch them is because as soon as you're like, cause you have the Oh shit moment with like Sasquatch, for example, and then they just will like walk down a tree and disappear yeah. it's because they weren't, they didn't know you were there. So they couldn't project that onto you. But as soon as they know you're there, then it's like, boom, projected onto you. They'll walk behind a tree and disappear. They're never actually leaving. They're still there. <laughs> right. That's a, that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, we know that the telekinesis um, uh, shit was heavily researched by the U.S. government. Uh, there's documents proving it. Um, they, they do, uh, CIA drops every once in a while. Um, and that happened to be one of them. Um, obviously a lot of information was redacted just like most things like the JFK shit that just came out, like fucking half of it's fucking blocked out. So you can't see it. So it's almost like they didn't even fucking drop it. (laughs) Yeah. Redacted, but you have it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, Side note, by the way, they're not to cut you off, but I, I went around in a circle on that one. Basically, what I was saying was that this thing was a reptilian. It was in still in its reptilian form, and it was basically yeah. just like projecting telekinetic ability on everybody around it 
that it's a human when realistically yeah. there was a literal reptilian standing in the fucking grocery store. Yeah. That would have fucking that would have creeped me. I probably would have said something if it were me, to be honest. Maybe oh I know uh, it's my girlfriend and maybe. she she turned her know. head and she never got to see any of it. But I like explained the shit to her when I got out of the store because I wasn't about to be like, you know, that fucking lady on the plane, for example. That, <laughs> that person is not fucking fucker real. Is not real. <laughs> see, that could have been a good looking woman ways. too. Yeah, shut like, the Ooh. fuck up, or I would have been the first one of those people doing that shit. Yeah. And you saw a video of me at Myers, like, that is a fucking reptilian. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, the show would have skyrocketed though, because if I was somebody yelling have. about a reptilian and I started a podcast, bro, people would have been like, <laughs> "Yeah." Um, I think it's fucking interesting how um we we always talk about a lot. Well, a lot of us talk about um how we used to be able to do this, we used to be able to do that. If we're like so much more powerful than we know of, you know what I mean. Like all you got to do is um, find yourself, be one with yourself, open your third eye. Cause technically we only use like 35% of our brain. So imagine how much untapped potential we actually have up there. And so there's this question that I really wanted to ask you a super serious question. So I hope you give me a super serious answer. Um, your you... super seriousness is almost making me feel like it may not be super serious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the wind is, has been trying to tell us something that we don't know how to hear anymore? Like the wind itself? Yes. I mean, you hear a lot of Native American stories about like the wind speaking, so to speak. Um, I mean, if the wind theoretically is speaking, I don't think it's... I mean, there's a possibility that it could be like the wind as like a nature spirit, something like that, but... I almost wonder if it could possibly be just things that are existing around us. That's almost like their vocalizations or whatever are getting like, would be caught in the drift and you just like pick it up in the process. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, another theory too, they could possibly be is that, you know, maybe it's theoretically like the earth's way of speaking to you, so to speak. And I mean, I hear people explain these concepts about like how trees speak and plants speak, but you got to think about their time versus our time. A tree lives for a couple thousand, a couple hundred years, whatever. So it's like we live in a short period of time. So we talk fast. We get everything rolling because we only have so much time. But if you're a tree and you're talking, it'd be more like, oh, uh, <laughs> I hear these things about yeah. like people basically taking like time lapse of like the woods and they'll hear these like, communications that like come from the trees and like higher pitches and frequencies once they like lower them so that you can hear them like where humans can hear yeah and you like speed them speed them up i mean it sounds like i mean we judge intelligence by our intelligence because this this is our understanding but like a tree can be just as intelligent but in a totally different way you know these things can be like communicating with each other um the wind could fucking be communicating like you were asking in the first place but it's just a matter of again we don't know how to pick it up because our cycles are moving faster than the other one and there's a language barrier still and the fact that like humans think they're on top of fucking everything but again that's just because we're looking at it from our single perspective like not to keep bringing it back to sasquatch but you know people talk about how sasquatch it's like oh they can't be more intelligent than us well it's like all right, you're a human, you live in society, so you need to learn to read, you need to learn how to write, you need to learn how to do all this shit. That's what we judge intelligence off of. But if you're something living in the woods, 
what practical reason do you ever have to read, write, play an instrument, do any of that? You don't like there's, it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. It just means that they're intelligent in a totally different way, shape or form Mm -hmm. because, you know, they can build structures. They know where the food's at. They know where this is at just as intelligent as anything else, but intelligent in a different way. And as humans, we need to stop judging intelligence off of like book learning and shit like that and start realizing that intelligence is a lot more past that. And it's also has to be practical depending on like what you're doing and where you're at. So it's like a tree's not intelligent. A tree is intelligent. Trees communicate with each other. There's a mother tree that will like push water to the to the younger trees using like mycelium networks and stuff. They're just as intelligent. It's just a totally different form of intelligence because they're running off of survival where at one point we were doing that kind of shit, but now we're not. We're judging intelligence off of not real world skills anymore, but like how many degrees you have, how many this, if you can read, if you can write, like different mm-hmm. forms of intelligence, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that answer. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think that you were going to think that was a serious question. That's why I had to say uh, super serious because, <laughs> because I was on Joe, Ro- Theo Vaughn was on Joe Rogan. Right. And he asked Joe Rogan that question and like, there's a clip of it going around. And I was like, no, that's like, so that's a i think he was being serious like that's a serious like i think like i mean I, theo vaughn that's just because he's so off the wall sometimes it's like sometimes you don't know how to read him if he is trying yeah, to ask a question like yeah. that and being serious you know because yeah. then the next thing he'll hit you with is uh you know this guy used to pay us to bury his shits in the backyard like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's uh, uh, um it's still funny though like he, like to watch that clip because he's just like he's sitting there and he's just like do you think um uh, uh, do you think uh, that the wind is trying to tell us something we don't know how to hear anymore? And Joe Rogan just looks at him. He's like, no. And then Theo's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would assume <laughs> that that was a serious question too. That was probably like the one time Theo was getting deep. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that dude honestly probably is really deep, but it's the typical like comedian's curse, I guess you could say, that it's like you think deeply, you know, you have some skeletons in your closet, you have your demons, and the yeah, way that you learn how to cope sure. is through comedy. And that's what, like, dude, there's so many of these comedians, dude. They'll drop some, like, dark shit, but then they mm-hmm. hide it, like, within comedy. Like, uh, what's that? He's from the Best Friends podcast, the one, um, you know, you know what show I'm talking about? No. There's, uh, fuck, what, what I think, I don't know what that, he, he, the, the Asian guy is Bobby something. Oh, Bobby Lee? Yeah, that dude is always dropping shit. Like, you know that that dude's mind is... Like he's he's funny, you know. He's a funny guy. Everybody likes him. Hi, everybody laugh. But that dude's yeah. struggling with some real fucking demons because you listen sure. to that dude talk, bro. And here and there, he just drops this shit that everybody's just like, ha 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 ha. And yeah. It's just like it's just like the uh, <laughs> there's a clip that I saw of it where he's just like, so I was molested by a uh, a guy with Down syndrome, and then everybody just starts laughing, and he's just like, why are you, why laughing? Are you laughing? Yeah, <laughs> I was fucking molested. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes, I was violently molested. And he's like, bro, if you don't want us to laugh, you can't start adding more more adjectives to it. But yeah, <laughs> prime fucking example, dude. Like he was on uh the cabin that um Burt Kreischer fucking yep. thing. And yep. Burt Kreischer, I'll get on that one in a second. That dude uh-huh. drops so many weird pedophile jokes, bro, that I like think he's funny, but at the same time I'm like weary yeah. about him because yeah. it's just one whatever like comedians are going to do it but it's like almost every single special he drops so many fucking pedophile jokes yeah but that bobby dude was on his show and he was like talking about his life and how he became a comedian he was just like i had a fucked up life so i just had to laugh about it and he's just like he gets all like all serious and shit and like the other two are comedians that are laughing but it's like also again they're all comedians it's a coping mechanism the comedians are laughing because they're uncomfortable because they they deal with the same shit yep yep (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. I have a problem with people um, knowing that I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have like that deadpan humor. My ex-wife and her, all of her, actually all of her friends, <laughs> all of her friends would be like, I would say something and be like, they would get scared. Like they think that I'm mad at them. And I'm just like, I'm just fucking with you. Like, and they're like, well, I don't know if you're serious or if you're kidding. Like, <laughs> I do that with Gabby, dude. I'll like say some shit, but I'll say it as a joke, but I'll keep a straight face while I'm saying it. She's just uh -huh. like, you're an asshole. And I'm just like, I'm not, it was a joke. I, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. Yeah. Like your expression after when you say it, like, <laughs> I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. So much fun. Uh, so, uh, last question for you. Are you finding, uh, fulfillment in all of the things that you have going on for you today? Fulfillment in general or fulfillment as in the podcast? Well, fulfillment in your life. Like, are you, do you feel like you are reaching, um, towards your life's fulfillment? Slowly but surely, I'd say at this current time, again, weird time of asking, you know, life has its ups and downs currently kind of i wouldn't say like in the down but kind of like in, in the middle you know yeah but you know it's getting there you know yeah. i'm i got the show the show always uh tends to keep me happy this is like my safe zone i guess you could say because a lot of people who listen to my show your show now um you know i've seemed like a very fucking talkative dude and i am around like the right circles and around like the right people like i'll go to a cryptic convention i'm fucking talking to everybody and shit but like yeah. in normal everyday life like i'm the dude at work that's all the way in the back trying to avoid everybody with headphones on i'm the and... same way dude i'm the same way i was just telling talking to my boss about this the the other day um because ever since she came on as my boss like i've been like starting to, well all, all also with this podcast has been like helping me with like my social anxiety and talking to people that i don't know you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so like in work and, you know, having conversation, like, I feel like, uh, my boss and I are becoming like, kind of like friends and shit. And then I'm starting to talk to like my coworkers and everybody's just like, this is weird. Why are you talking? <laughs> See, like I'm fully capable of doing that. It's just that I choose not to. Yeah. Cause it's like, if I, I'm around the right people, I'll talk your fucking ear off. But like, if I want to listen to a lecture, my podcast or whatever the fuck, not my podcast, but just right podcast that i listen to you know like i'm I'm gonna choose to do that but then it's like i'm I'm into all this weird shit man it's it's sometimes it's like it especially when you're doing like a podcast about it dude it's not just like a facet of your personality it like becomes like kind of who you are you know like you're on your podcast and i'm sure you have like the same feeling it's like you're you but you never feel more you than when you're on your show or on a, a show just because it's like that's your zone you know what i mean yes so it's just like you said dude it helps with social anxiety shit like that being able to talk on a podcast it's helped me like i mean i never really had like a super duper problem talking to people but the matter of just knowing how to present myself you know because come off just as this weird individual but now it's like because i'm doing <laughs> podcasts and shit i'm more confident in the way i talk i like project my voice more when i talk so people actually like listen because that was i think my huge thing before the podcast was that i had a lot to say but i was one of those people that didn't like make people listen so to speak you know yeah so it's like you know somebody would be like oh man this bee almost stung me and i'd be the guy that's like well you know if it's a if it's a if it's a hornet you know it's gonna actually sting you but it's not you know they're, they're just assholes but if it's like a honeybee they usually try not to sting you because they usually die after they sting humans because their spine ends up getting pulled out you know i'm just giving you like facts and stuff like that it's not like you know 
<clears throat> and people just not really pay attention or like listen and stuff. And uh, it's like, you know, I, I like bestowing just random facts on people. So it's like after doing the podcast, it's now like, you know, instead of me muttering under my breath, that shit, I'm like, did you know that bees are do this? Like <laughs> it teaches you how to be like more of a character sometimes, you know? Yeah. And half of like the battle of getting people to listen is just being like an entertaining person to hear talk and like, listen. Yeah. And I don't know if it's worked for you, but I've noticed that since I started a podcast, as I'm doing it right now, like I'm always talking with my hands now, like yeah. all the time. I never I, did that before I started a show. And now it's like, I'm just talking at work. It's I'm, I'm doing it now. Like I can't help it. Like I'm just always talking with my fucking hands now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I talk with my hands anyway, but, um, when I, I, when I watch the video for my show, I'm just like, why am I doing that in that way? You know what I mean? Like, why is my hand like, like, especially when i do my intros and i'll be talking and i'll just be like going like this randomly <laughs> and i'll just be like so welcome to where the weird ones are this is blah 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 and then the blah 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 and then the blah 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 and then i'm just like why are my hands doing that your hands gotta be weird because it's where the weird ones are <laughs> that's true <laughs> i always do this thing where i'm like as i'm explaining stuff i do the like stacks i'm like this this yeah this. <laughs> yeah 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 my grandfather does that <laughs> and then um uh who uh i think my mom does like well for one and then i do that too for when I, start explaining shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a parent trait you start getting that as a parent you need to have a visual for your kids you're like number fucking one oh <laughs> uh, shit uh all right but moral of the story podcasting is fucking great and if it you're is. an awkward it's individual I highly recommend going and starting a podcast because you'll learn how to talk to people yeah, and yep. just having a different guests on every day. It's kind of made it so that if you feel like you're an awkward individual, like you get used to this routine of talking to basically a new stranger every day and getting into deep conversation with them. So once you're talking to a new person every single day and getting into the deep, deep nitty gritty conversation, it makes it really, really fucking easy just to walk up to anybody and have that meaningless fucking small talk. But yeah. at the same time, though, it kind of makes it harder because it's like you don't really want to do the small talk, but you're you're fully capable of doing it at that point. <laughs> like, I can walk up to anybody and ask them how the weather is like no one's fucking business. But, you know, that's why I said, like, at work, it's not that I can't talk to people is that I just choose not to. <laughs> mm. Mm. And there's an old saying that when people start talking the, about the weather, they want something. Yep. See, I mean, just in general, I mean, it's part of what we do as a whole, I think, but. More often than not, it seems like the podcaster type, we're like the sit back and observe type, which is yes. what kind of got us into what we're doing. So it's like, rather than being the center of the room that everybody's looking at, I would rather be in the back observing everybody and seeing what everybody else is doing. And for me, at least I'm like really into uh, like psychology. So it's like, I like learning psychology tricks and you I, this sounds like fucked up, but like using my people and shit. Mm -hmm. Like I started doing this thing a long fucking time ago where I can ask somebody three questions and pretty much get a full backstory on like what type of person they are. And it's just like weird shit like that, that it's just, it's fun psychology tricks, you know? Yeah. Like essentially if anybody's curious, the main bulk of it is pretty much that you ask people uh, what their favorite character is like from a movie, from anything, because usually the character that is their favorite is either one that they associate with or one that they inspire to be. And then you ask them who their least favorite character is in a movie or anything like that. And usually what their least favorite character is, is something that they hate about themselves or about their own personality. And it drives them crazy because more often than not, people have an issue with somebody. It's because they see something that they don't like in their own personality in that person, except it's, you know, 
it's 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 way more so it's like it drives him fucking crazy mm. and then uh fuck what was the last question it's been a hot minute since i did this one um fuck i'll have to i, I have to dig around my brain for a little bit but that that's the majority of it <laughs> is that you pretty much will ask people questions like that and you can pretty much get like a full description of people yeah. like mainly off that main their favorite character and once you kind of like feel them around a little bit more, you can kind of infer whether or not that's who they associate with because it's like themselves or it's somebody that they inspire to be. Depending mm-hmm. on like, again, sometimes with the character, you can tell it's pretty fucking obvious. Like if you have like a really quiet person and they really like this, their favorite character is like the loud, obnoxious one that's in a show or something. It's like they're shy. They're quiet. That's what they inspire to be because they wish they could be out in the open. They wish they could be like everybody, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you have somebody that came from, you know, somebody came from a bad house, usually uh, if they really, really enjoy hero characters. And this is one that, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw myself under the bus for this one. Um, I found this one for myself is that when you associate with hero characters, it's more often than not because you came from a bad childhood and you want to be the hero in your own story. So yeah. you crave this adventure. You crave to, go on an adventure because the hero is always the one who has a basic mundane life and then something happens and then he gets projected into being the forefront and being the hero. So it's just archetypes of characters based on people. Like you can get full fucking readings off of people by asking them questions that they're not even aware that you're even asking. Like it's fun. Psychology is (laughs) fun. Yeah. I have, well, like um, I have, I've always daydreamed about myself uh, being like a hero character so and uh i mean talking from like your thing too i mean you had your weird experiences as you were a kid you had kind of the same thing as me so i yeah. mean it totally totally fits the bill you know yeah yeah and and I, I mean i was bullied in school my mother used to beat the shit out of me and, and just stuff like that so and then my yeah, dad you, wasn't really present so you ain't too different you and i the only yeah. difference between you and I with the mother thing was that my mom didn't physically beat me. She mentally was always fucking with me, which yeah. is why I feel now. I mean, you know, it's always blessing and a curse that because somebody tries to manipulate you a lot as a kid, you end up developing an interest in things like psychology. Like I was just saying, because yeah. you end up building up this defense that you're like, all right, people are using mental tricks on me. Well, if I understand the mental tricks, nobody can use the mental tricks on me. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense, man. Makes sense. Um, but anyways, so side tangent. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, it's good. I um, I'm happy to uh, be able to connect with you more on a personal level. So that's you know your vibe finds your tribe, and that's what this mm-hmm. podcast does. Um, and that's what your podcast does. That's how you found Oren and Jenny. Like you guys, all your dynamic between the three of you is fucking phenomenal and i really enjoy listening to it and i hope everybody else that listens to it enjoys it i'm sure your viewership has gone up in recent recent weeks you know just because of how fluent the three of you are together and we just keep getting better and better the more we keep doing deep dives because you know there was all the interviews and it's hard to get like no you're letting the, the the person that's the guest talk the most but when we started getting into like more of our deep dives, which is kind of where we're pushing at more now, it's like we're all falling into the roles more. And dude, mm-hmm. it's like bizarre encounter. Like I love inquiries. Inquiries is always going to be my baby. So it's bizarre yes. encounters. But right. like there's not a more fun show to hop onto than the deep dives on bizarre <laughs> encounters, dude. Like yeah. that is like, you know, sometimes you get like stressed out before a show because you're just like, oh, this is a big guest. I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to sound stupid. 
It's like full comfort zone. I can just go on fucking bizarre encounters. We can get deep on some shit, which is always what I love. Like I hate just shallow conversations, but in the process, it's like, you don't have to worry about being on your best behavior because you have like a researcher on. You can just make your dumb fucking jokes. Like, <laughs> what was it ep- like the second or third episode they were on? I was making jokes about fucking Mothman ass shakes, thick as fuck. Or yeah, some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it 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 it's an interesting and fun dynamic, and I I enjoy it. And um, I I wish you nothing but success with both of your podcasts and your t-shirts that you're just coming out with and the books that you're working on. So um, trying to be multifaceted. I feel like that's the only way that you can get to a point with podcasting that you can do it full time is if you're, you can't put all your eggs just in the podcast basket, you gotta, you gotta bounce into some other stuff, but it all yeah. kind of collaborates with each other. It's all in the same field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, I'm working on a comic book. Um, I have uh, t- uh, uh, t-shirts and, stuff i um and then i got the podcast but i don't i'm not trying to like um i don't think i'll ever do like a patreon because i don't really under first of all i don't understand it and second of all like i enjoy doing this anyway so i don't like expect anybody to pay for it but also on that note i am starting a second podcast um i don't know if i've told anybody on air or any of the listeners but my kids and i are starting a podcast together and it's going to be called um from our straight from our couch and it's going to be a movie review podcast so that'll be that'll be fun for the kids and i to do together and it's it's basically going to cover any all movie genres it's not like specific or anything like that but i would like to because i like to show them movies from my childhood and watch them react to it and like see how they feel and how they liked it and what they didn't like about it and stuff like that. So how old are your kids? Uh, 14 and 12. Okay. So they're almost there. I was going to say, you got to show them some like off the fucking wall shit. That they're just like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. Like, the first time you watch dark crystal, you're just like, what the I fuck? I haven't. And that's the thing too, is I haven't been able to get them to watch dark crystal because they're scared of it. Scared of it. It's intended for kids. I mean, I uh, well, you know. yeah, I mean, um but i think uh my son watched terminator 2 for the first time like a couple weeks ago and he was just like enthralled with it and he's just like oh my god why is he doing that and then um the plasma dude that was that was the second one right with the yes, weird plasma yeah. cop guy yeah, yeah t1000 yeah uh and they're like fucking he's like why why um oh he's getting shot and he's like he should be falling by now i was like Bro, he's a fucking robot. <laughs> he's a fucking blob robot of anything. Like, <laughs> so um, real quick, if you don't mind, just uh, letting everybody know uh, where they can find you and your podcasts, real quick. So this is interchangeable. They're all under Linktree. Um, if you guys want to find all of my shit, quick and easy, uh, L A N K T R period E E slash open underscore mind underscore media. Uh, but if you guys want to find the shows individually, same link tree, you know, L-A-N-K-T-R-P-U-D-E, that weird thing. Um, but Increase of Our Reality Podcast or Bizarre Encounters. Or if you guys want to, always quick and easy. Everybody has Instagram. Uh, look up Open Minds Media on Instagram. Look up Bizarre Encounters on Instagram. Or look up Increase of Our Reality on Instagram. All three of them are going to end up connecting with each other. So if you find one, you're going to find all three. 
And as far as podcatchers, all that kind of stuff goes, should be on just about every single one. So look up uh, either Bizarre Encounters, Open Minds Media, or Shane Jones, spelled S-H-A-Y-N, and uh, you'll find me. And hopefully you guys enjoy my show as much as you guys enjoy uh, Kevin's awesome show here. Nice, man. Nice. And um, I will- Five-star uh... reviews all around. For <laughs> Kevin, for me, for everybody. Every podcaster you love, five-star reviews around. <laughs> you get five stars. You get five stars. You get five stars. See, we can't Oprah that shit. You guys as the listeners, you guys got to be our Oprahs. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'll get that. Uh, if you don't mind sending me that link for your link tree, I'll put it in the show notes. And, and as an extra side note, because I'm sure the listeners are going to ask and want to see it. Uh, I will also send you that picture that I was talking about with the Wendigo story. Yes. I have the picture that's not edited, that's unedited. And then I have a picture that's lightened up so that you can see it more. It's not edited, but it's just like the, the brightness level right. of it is right. adjusted okay. so you can see it better. But I'll send you both of those if you want to include them somewhere or if any listeners want to see it and he doesn't include it somewhere in there, just hit him up or hit me up and I'd be more than happy to send it to you guys if anybody's interested. Perfect, man. Perfect. Well, guys, that is the show. Um, if you want to be featured on this show, you can get me at where the weird ones are at gmail.com. Um, obviously, the Instagram where I'm most active, where underscore the weird ones are. And if you're following my Instagram, you can easily find uh, Shane's Instagrams because I have all three of them. Um, and you can also find his co hosts on there as well. Don't forget um, the framework. That's it. Yeah. Go look up the framework UFO if you guys want to find Oren and yep. Jenny. Yep. And um like I uh like I say all the time, you don't have to if you don't want to uh be uh videoed, if you want to stay anonymous, you, we can always do that. It's not a big deal if you're afraid of putting your face out there. Um and then um also if you do want to be featured on Shane's show, you can also reach out to him. So uh you can be on both shows or all three shows, whatever you you would like. As long as you got something strange to talk about. Um obviously if you listen to this entire uh this entire episode, then you know we like to talk about some fucking weird shit. So uh with that being said, like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family. Um I would like uh, some reviews to let me know how what you guys are thinking about the show. I know I get a few people uh, that message me on Instagram, but Apple Podcasts, if you you know rate and uh, leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, and with that being said, I hope you guys have a good day, a good night, whatever time you listen to this, and stay weird. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night, and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness turning night, and today, make a wish.